0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back.
1: It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric Tonjuana.
2: This is Priscilla Lima.
1: This is Kirstie Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year, I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Rouché. I have a great thighs. It's The Net Live right now.
3: We're back? Apparently. Seriously? Yeah, we're back. All right. We are back. Not sure if everybody else is happy about that, but we're back. Well, who
4: cares what everyone else thinks? We're sitting here in the loft having a good time in the home court. Kevin Barnett, DJ Jeremy Roche, welcome back to the Net Live. Lovely. Welcome back, Cotter. Like to that? start this off, if you are not old enough to get that, well, I thank you for listening to the show. <laughs> <And you're laughs> we welcome. need some new age listeners here on the Net Live, twenty fifth of August, two thousand fourteen, and we are just off of our summer hiatus. It has been Jeremy.
3: Twenty-one
4: days since we did a program. What have people been doing?
3: Since oh we've my been god! On air? I mean, dogs and cats living together.
4: Mass hysteria. Hey, I don't know what they've been doing, but I know what we've been doing. We've been a little bit of work, a little bit of fun. fun. Well, first of all,
3: you've been on vacation. I was on vacation for ten days. I've been, I've been the one uh, still immersed in the volleyball world while you've been gone. I am now running much like Meatballs Camp Dad <laughs> around here. Yes, I walked into the in front door was open. Your Front gate was open. Kids are running around. One of them has a championship WWE belt around his waist currently.
4: There are several. There are actually three belts up for grabs. Awesome.
3: Between my boys and
4: neighborhood kids. There's a Royal Rumble going on in your front yard (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) They might be doing it at the trampoline two doors over. I'm not sure. Speaking of which, I
3: saw Canyon Seaman.
4: Yeah, you know what? Here, so did my friends whose kids you just saw. They went to SummerSlam. Yeah, because it was was
3: at uh, Staples. Yeah, they went to SummerSlam. And they actually randomly ran into Canyon Seaman. How is that possible? Because there was probably 20,000 people there.
4: She told me they were looking for something, wondering something, and here was a row of guys sitting on a, a not a curb, but some sort of small wall inside Staples or whatever, yeah. sitting in some spot. She asked them a question. Somehow the topic comes up of, yeah, I'm a recruiter and this and that, and something about volleyball or whatever. And she said, you know, Kevin Martin, yeah. Like, That's hilarious. Out of the whole arena, he, my neighbor runs into Canyon Seaman. That's awesome. By the way, Canyon Seaman, I, I still want some tickets to Washington. I want some tickets for my boys to WWE. Well, you're out of oh, town. No, I missed that one. Town. He's going to be back. Cool. I'm sure he can help arrange that for you. We know you've been bummed out. You haven't had any good volleyball information in your life for the last uh, meh, 21 days or so. So we are back. We are here. And here's what we have going today. I love these shows because when we're gone and things happen, we haven't been talking about <laughs> We're not trying to just fill time. You don't want to just talk about the weather? Oh, yeah. We, it's been beautiful, by the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. I bought a table from my backyard. I have not eaten inside. I just, I just saw. I have not eaten inside. Not once. Now I, The custom table is still in the offing. Yeah. Still going to happen. Do we have a chat board here?
3: Yeah, it's open. You're okay. not on it? There
4: it is. Uh, still in the offing, but I got one on floor sample, and I have not, since I bought that table, since the day I bought that table... I have not eaten at my dining room table inside.
3: Why would you if the weather's nice?
4: I oh, it's been so nice. Anyways, here's what we have for the, you today. Lots to talk about. Lots having gone on in the intervening
3: few weeks since we
4: last did a show. The AVP had a couple of events. Salt Lake City, Manhattan Beach. Jeremy Rocher was at both. We will discuss. USA Cup, men versus Iran already happened. And in fact, the United States is already on their way. They are in Germany. They will be playing against Germany in preparations for the World Championships. We will talk about both USA Cup, which Jeremy was at a night I missed all of, unfortunately, because I was in Hawaii. And we will have some information, inside information, from John Spraw just this morning on some of the roster decisions that were made. If you've seen the roster, there are some interesting names on it, some interesting names left out. College Volleyball Weekly, Episode 1. Brandon Rosenthal joining us. We're still looking for a new partner for Brandon Rosenthal. Deb Static? You're you're on on blast, Deb Where is Deb? We've been looking for you. You better not be wearing a red and white vertically striped shirt (laughs) in an absurdly (laughs) crowded marketplace picture. (laughs) We can play Where's Deb? Yeah. Yeah. Women's Grand Prix is over for the women's indoor team. They are still waiting on world championships but their, their Grand Prix has finished. United States not in the final round, but we will talk a bit about that than you know, we did before. And I'm sure a bunch of other random things. First things first. First things first. I want to say thank you to uh, Tomu for sending me a Peeper Dine Flying Squirrel shirt. If you're on the NetLive Facebook page, facebook.com slash the NetLive, you may have seen a picture of said shirt. At least the logo on said shirt. You haven't really seen this shirt.
3: I'm looking at the shirt right now that's on your couch. And the left sleeve to the right sleeve, it almost extends two
4: full cushions. We have discussed on the show many times, little fat Jeremy and the burrito involved with that. Mm-hmm. This is now big fat Kevin.
3: Oh, yeah. That would have to be in this shirt. You, I mean, no joke. No joke at all. No exaggeration. You and I both could fit in this shirt. We're going to take a picture later.
4: Yeah. We'll get one of the kids to shoot it. It may cut off our heads or something, but we will get one of the kids to shoot it. And I will obviously have to stand on something. That's fine. We will fit in the shirt together comfortably, mind you. Yeah. With room to spare. Yep. I would have to weigh 450 pounds to fill out the shirt. Yes? I would have to be Lubomir Ganev
3: of Bulgaria. It, um, it is a 4... XL for XL. I'm just gonna go on a limb and say they did not get it from Six Eight Clothing.
4: <laughs> just gonna throw that out there <laughs> for the tall and absurdly fat man. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> but I am super stoked on the shirt, though. That I am as well. A fan did this, and it showed up at your house, right? Yes. Uh, are you concerned? Hour, are you concerned that people know your home address? That's a question. <laughs>
4: Uh, but thank you to Tomu in all sincerity. Thank you. The go look on the Facebook page. The Peperdine no, Flying fantastic. Squirrel Volleyball it's is van- hilarious. It's fantastic. Absolutely hilarious. Thanks to Tomu for listening to the program as well as sending me said remembrance. It'll be great for the eventual studio. We will we'll have to hang it there. We will not use it as a chamois that could dry two cars before you used all the fabric. <laughs> USA versus Germany, we just mentioned that. It is starting tomorrow, available online, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. There's a link in the chat board. I'll put it up on our Facebook page. DJ has up. We'll have it on the Facebook page. Thank you, Jeremy. And you can tune in to watch the USA men get warmed up against a pretty good German squad coached by my old setter from Belgium, Vital Heinen. And when they shoot Vital Hainen, when they have a shot of the coach, enjoy it. He is... Entertaining.
3: Nice.
4: He's going absolutely out of his mind. He's not afraid to be basically squat down in front of the coach's chair, kind of pulling his hair out. Or maybe, maybe he'll be back in the box, watching from the box with the rest of the reserves. Uh, if he could, he would stay on the end line and talk to the server. That's if awful. they let him go there, he would. Um, do we know what time? 1 p.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. Eastern is when that one will be on. And also, there is rumor that the Men's World Championships will be broadcast in the United States... Not yet confirmed, is my understanding, but perhaps it will be on. So you may have a chance to watch it. Uh, Was it? Let me go back and look here. Make sure we give out some good information here. Uh, Yeah, Universal maybe. Universal Sports perhaps. Uh, Bn Sports is also in the mix here on TV. So. So you may have both. You may have a couple of options if you're a viewer out there for watching World Champs. Keep your eyes peeled, your ears to the ground. <laughs> never said that, your eyes peeled. That doesn't make any
3: sense. You just keep them wide open?
4: Yeah, but you're never, yeah, I mean, you don't open your eyes. You don't, you don't peel them. Yeah, it well, doesn't make any sense at all.
3: Maybe if you wake up in the morning, you have a lot of
4: sleep. I'm going to blink a banana and put it in my smoothie. It doesn't make any sense either. I don't know. Please don't give out your smoothie recipe again.
5: <laughs>
4: See, what you do is you start with some almond milk. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been running Camp Dad around here since we returned from Hawaii. We had 10 days in Hawaii, which was awesome for you. Oh, You know how you get to the end of a vacation, maybe seventh, eighth day. You're there for a week or a couple days extra. And you think to yourself, this has been a blast, but I'm ready to go home. Yeah. I'd like to be in my own house. Whatever, I'm ready. It's been good. This one was 10 days. I could have punched reset.
3: Let's go 10 more. I really thought you were about to say you were about to punch your son. That, that
4: was several times on the <laughs> trip, sure not, just, not just at times. the end. Yes. Yeah, but I, I very easily could have punched reset and just, man, eh, let's do another 10. It was that much fun. We were all over the island. We stayed in Honolulu about four blocks from the beach, three blocks from the beach, had a view. Nice. The other hotels of the beach, which was cool. Kevin Wong kind enough to hook us up with the Outrigger membership for the week. Awesome. So that was cool. Got to go hang out there and uh, put the boys out on the baby court. Awesome. So they had a good time doing that a little bit. Saw randomly Scott Sakaida, former libero from Stanford. Yep. Scooter. Scooter. I I was sitting there on a conference call for Fox Sports West in the restaurant early morning. Some guy a couple of tables over, whatever. He says, "Hey, do you know the wireless password?" I'm like. No, man, I, I got it for one of my devices, but I can't remember it. If you get it, I'd yeah. love to have it for my other device again. Yeah. As he walks away, I come sitting there looking around, as you want to do on a conference call. Yeah. Because, well, first of all, you're in Hawaii. Three-quarters of it doesn't involve you. And so I'm looking around. I noticed the Stanford volleyball backpack. And I thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute.
3: That's Scott. I know that person. Yeah, so
4: I said hi to him, and he's just finished. going to be working here in L.A. And uh, no overseas for him yet, but. He's got a job here in L.A. with Accenture. Oddly enough, the company my mother worked for for a long time. Interesting. So, yeah, congratulations to Scott on graduation and getting a job. And it's kind of random to run into him
3: Yeah, at Outrigger. Well, it's a, an island, so it's small.
4: <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you stay at the Outrigger, a lot of valuable people there. No doubt. And congratulations to Kavika Shoji. Oh, yeah. Got married. Yeah. Congratulations, Kavika. Didn't see him on the first uh, night of... USA, Iran, I think, because he was at his wedding. Okay. Correct. So good to skip that.
3: Surf Waikiki quite a bit. Oh, nice. That was fun. On oh, an 11-foot monster. I was about to ask, what size was the board?
4: Oh, the Cadillac.
3: Okay. Uh,
4: you could not tip it over. Okay. I rode it, and then, you know, Waikiki, eventually the wave just sort of peters out. You get yeah. stuck in a hole somewhere, right? Yeah. So i still standing on the board. Like
3: I stand on a paddle board. Wa- waves down, you're like, still, still standing. Got applause from a
4: catamaran full of Japanese tourists. Nice. Rode in, finished out, did a one-foot tip off the nose, fell over after the wave was gone. Perfect. Came up, round of applause. Standing ovation. Hilarious stuff. Also, I mean, we were absolutely everywhere. Went to the Dole Plantation, did Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. Pearl Harbor was very cool. Uh, Go to the Missouri. You go to Pearl Harbor. Been there. Obviously go to the Arizona. They also have the submarine right there. But take the ride out to the Missouri. Battleship Missouri and check it out, cool because you get to go through so much of the ship. Yeah, this is the uh, the ship on which the armistice was signed, VJ Day there when Japan surrendered in World War II. Really, really cool tour. Take that one. Drove 330 miles on the rental car. Wow,
3: and w- it's an island.
4: Yeah, we went around the whole thing. Went to North yeah. Shore, Haleiwa, and north uh, or what were the waves? East like? of Waimea. What were the waves like on the North Shore right now? Not much. Wintertime is when it cranks up there, I guess. That's right. Uh, But we saw it, and uh, we had, I don't know, four to six foot. I paddled out with a board from Ken Bradshaw, surfing legend. Didn't know. Met him, my friend's landlord, and paddled on his board. Uh, My comment to him when I returned, his board was, that's the worst that board has ever been ridden. (laughs) And he's like, yeah. Because I paddled out, got in a couple of waves, I uh, did not get up on the board. It was the first time I had a board out in forever. Yeah. It was before I was on Waikiki and Outrigger and stuff. And fell down twice. It was a heck of a paddle, which everywhere in Hawaii is. Yeah.
3: You have to paddle so far. It's paddling out. It's a commitment, Kevin. They're like, there's the break. Like, good. Arms
4: going. Yep. Either arms, shoulders, warm. So I paddle out, miss a couple ways, and I go, all right, I'm going to go back in, get my fins, do what I'm good at. I'm a good body surfer. Yeah, yeah. So. I get my fins, I paddle back out. Now, mind you, it took me another 15 minutes to get in. Yeah, of course. Now I'm paddling out, it's taking me 20 minutes to get out. By the time I get there, the surface completely changed. Yeah. Nobody's there. I'm like, well, great. I did paddle in, paddle out, paddle in, got paddle your, out.
3: Got your exercise for the day. Work out and I'm done. Yeah.
4: But had fun uh, Had fun all over the island. The Pali lookout was hilarious.
3: You saw the, the video footage. The video was fantastic. When You know it's windy when... Your cheeks are flapping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I was Big Fat Kevin. Big Fat Kevin, yes. That, oh. would, that would only take a five-mile-an-hour wind. Correct. <laughs> it looked like you were skydiving was how hard the wind was blowing at you. It, it was like a roller coaster. It was crazy. So, yeah, the Pali Lookout was a lot of fun. And we did a kind of a crazy hike where
4: you can be at the Pali Lookout, which has all the guardrails and everything. You could see people along a ridge line mm-hmm. to the left side as you're looking out towards Kailua. I wonder how you got there. I asked the guy, guy that was there, and he says, well, you go off the end of the parking lot, down the the parking lot. What do you mean by go off the end of the parking lot? <sighs> yeah, you walk to the end, and he says, yeah, right behind that bus, go in there. So it's two little pieces that are broken off the wall, the rock wall. Yeah. And an opening that's about eight inches wide. You know, like you used to hike in the woods as a
3: kid? Yeah. It's one of those openings. Nice. You're like, oh, yeah, there's a path here. Yeah, I can get through that.
1: <laughs> so
4: <I> walk <laughs> in, and sure enough, there's kind of this track. You go up, 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 up. Then you come out. How did you even fit through that? Oh, no, that was easy. It yeah, was just okay. trees or whatever. So and the path is clearer as you go. And you come out, and you're along a ridge line. And by along a ridge line, you mean like you, sl- you go over, you're done. 400 feet. Ugh. And I don't mean some of these San Bernardino mountains and stuff where you could, you'd have to, like, heave yourself somehow 40 or 50 feet out to clear the 200-foot yeah. drop. You know, you'd, you'd tumble down. Oh, there's the edge. Yeah. Like a sheer cliffside.
3: Were you holding on to your children?
4: Uh, yeah, they were all over the place. And I'm like, so, so it's my father-in-law, my wife, and the two boys and myself. At one point, my father-in-law stops. Yeah. He's done. He's
3: like, you know what? Ain't worth it.
4: Twenty feet higher, my wife stops. Yeah. She's done. The boys are like, let's go. We go by another fifty feet
3: up the path. Yeah.
4: I'm like, boys, I'm done. My son Max, the younger one, is like, let's go. We're yeah. going to the
3: top. Of course, they're like,
4: dude, I'm done. Like, we took a couple pictures of them up at the top. Yeah. And then reverse course. And the reverse course was the, the hairier part
3: of it for me as a parent. Going, I, they're they're good. They did a good job, but. You didn't Bear grills them and like throw like uh, rope and pulley on them, so if they go down, you can somehow pull them back up.
4: Yeah. It was a little sketchy. I'm sure. A little sketchy. And not because it was unstable or something or really that unsafe, but if someone decided to do something dumb, that was it. It was Cliffhanger. Yeah. It was the end of Cliffhanger. Yeah. And that's not going to be good. But I like the fact you can do it. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy that, that you can go up and, and do that. So we had a good time That's the look Lookout. And nearly everywhere we went. Well, the volleyball culture in Hawaii too. I mean, it's unbelievable. There's a good volleyball video out. We'll post a, a link to it on the Facebook page. Reed Pretty sent it to me. He said his friend did it. It's narrated by Kevin Wong. Oh yeah. Talking about
3: yeah, yeah yeah
4: Hawaiian volleyball culture. I watched the first little bit of it. I think it's what eight nine minutes long. Something like it. that. Yeah. And a short commitment for you, the volleyball fan. But pretty cool. And they they were setting up. At a place at Waikiki that I walked by a hundred times. Which,
3: when the AVP was there, that's where they had their tournament. It's not a big stretch of beach right there to put a lot of volleyball activity. Right. Especially when, like I looked at, I somehow came across the photos recently, the, the backside of the stands that was waterside. side, yeah. like the waves were coming really close to the stands. <laughs> not like it's going to take it away, but like you were, you know, I mean, there's not that much room right, right there for a grandstand. Right, yeah. So the fact that I mean that's really one of the few places, beach, front-wise, that has enough room to throw courts. Yeah. Now they have
4: there. They have a what what appears to be almost like a stage setup, a scaffolding for yeah, a stage,
3: like this, like movie night or something like that. I don't, that's what that's I think That's a good guess. Is. Yeah, I think it's they do like.
4: But there's no screen on it. They must pull well, they, it out. Yeah. That that makes perfect sense. Movie night. I was thinking summer concert series, and you'd bring a stage in in front of it or something. But, uh, okay, that makes sense. But they're setting up for some volleyball tournaments there in this video, as they were when I was there walking by to do my morning workout in the park there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's called Queens Beach, something like I that. that's right. Right near the natatorium just down the road from Outrigger. So uh, if you haven't been to Hawaii on vacation, which I had never been. I've been three... Three times, Mm -hmm. all for work. Mm -hmm. And I'd never had the opportunity really to get out and enjoy Hawaii. Uh, It was tremendous. I would totally go back tomorrow if I could get another ticket. But I probably wouldn't use my miles to do first class on American to Hawaii. Thanks, American jerks. I love you. I love American. They owe you. I fly them all the time. But I flew a plane from 1981 there. I sent you pictures of the TV screens.
3: You had to duck walking down the uh, aisle, didn't you? So you didn't hit your head on the TVs.
4: I did, but even now they still have that. But they'll have flat screens or some sort of nice high resolution. This was this was your Uncle Bob's television from 1986. They look at his crappy apartment in
3: Minooka, Illinois. The TVs look like the old computer screens that would be have like the green font. So yes. Exactly what they look like. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah, would you like amber?" Which my buddy <laughs> my had amber
4: it was like, "Ooh, amber!" Or regular green. It's awesome.: <laughs> It was the worst plane, And what was, what was bad is we were on one plane that was already old. Already crappy. Yeah. seats were mediocre at best. That plane broke. They had to get another plane. They pull it out of mothballs. It's older. Now there isn't even a headrest in first class. This is out of- Seat barely
3: reclined. This is out of LAX? Out of LAX to Honolulu. You're doing a six-hour flight. By the way, if I had first-class tickets to Hawaii and they put me on a plane from 1937, I would not be pleased. I posted a picture
4: of the Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom silver plane he's flying in, you know, and they're going across yep.
3: the map. Yep. Yeah, that's, that, that was, was the next plane that was coming and out. And weren't you flying into the hurricane, too? Weren't you, were you late? Did into you, the eye of the storm, yeah. yes. You were, weren't you, you were supposed to fly the day that those things were supposed to touch land, correct? Sort of in between.
4: Sort of in between. It was the morning that stuff had gone on overnight in the big island of Hawaii. And Maui was all ready for it. My in-laws yeah. were in Maui and flying from Maui yeah. to Oahu that day. Oahu, even outside Duke's there at Waikiki, they yeah. had sandbags. And nothing happened. The big
3: island of Hawaii
4: told the hurricane, you don't know what you're dealing with here. Yeah. Good try trying to get through me. Yeah.
3: That's great. So it it, they were prepared. Yeah, it ended up being a non-event. Good.
4: So it was good. But our, our getting in there late, which is four or five hours late, had to do with aircraft problems.
3: Not. Parts missing. Not weather related.
4: No, missing parts. So on that good. means
3: they owe you something.
4: Nah, whatever. They just fly a better plane.
3: Get a better plane. That's what I'm saying.
4: And, by the way, clean the power outlet. The power outlet was, first of all, the cigarette lighter power outlet. Nice. And somebody on my Twitter feed or something said, because I I complained about it, and they said, that's for power, condescendingly so, it seemed. At least that's the way I read it. You're like,
3: I am well aware.
4: Like, I know we actually had a cigarette lighter USB thing with us because we have some older cars. Yeah. My wife had one. She plugged it in. It did not provide enough power even to charge. It's
3: awesome. It it lit up the little LED light, but it couldn't run any power. That's the thing, like... Power on planes, even the newer planes, like I have to have 96 different adapters just in case. Um, and randomly on a side note, are you TSA pre-check, Kevin? Yes. It is the greatest thing ever. Big deal. Here's the thing. When I go through security because of my DJ stuff I'm bringing with me, I have my backpack, my rolling bag, bag and three bins. Oh, boy. Now, I don't have to take anything out of my bag, which is, I don't care about I get through it faster or not. Not having to take anything in my bag is fantastic. Yes. Yes.
4: Not taking your shoes off.
3: W- again, whatever. That's whatever.
4: And they're way more lax.
3: Flying back from Salt Lake City. This is the first time you've had it? Uh, that trip was the first time I had it. So flying back okay. from Salt Lake City. My dad dropped me off at the curb. I was at my gate because I timed it because I was just curious. Three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Salt Lake City isn't LAX. No. But I don't care. No other. Three minutes, Kevin.
4: So at LAX, you can show up, and sometimes it's 25 minutes in the regular security line. Yeah. I show up hour to 45 minutes before my flight. i have never there before because I go through pre-check in about six and a half minutes. Yeah. I park. I get out my car. From the time I park my car, yeah. step foot on the pavement of LAX, I'm at my gate in under 10. It's awesome. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's, it's actually just the way security used to be. Correct. Is all it is. And I, all I had to give up was... $85. A sample of my DNA, eighty-five dollars. My fingerprints
3: and the security check. Name of my firstborn child, children, but and NSA is now watching everything I do.
4: Yeah, they're recording the show. But yep. wait, we need a couple more listeners anyway. Perfect. Thanks to you, the listener, for being here. We have a lot more to come on the show. Jeremy has an interview yeah. with Tim Pillow. Yep.
3: What trainer? We can't call no, him. No. Don't you dare! We can't call, do that. Don't you dare! So call what do him we call him? He's a strength and conditioning coach. Okay. Strength and conditioning coach. An SCC? Here's the difference. SCC. Here's the difference is what I was told. You can become a trainer by taking some online classes and you get a certificate. I've done that. Yeah. He had I'm, to go to, I'm NASM certified. He had to go to real school to become a strength and conditioning what? coach. Yeah. Real. What?
4: Real school. Really? Real. Like biomechanical. Real school. Yeah. Yeah. Actual college. Mm-hmm. All right, so strength and conditioning coach, Tim Pillow, we've heard lots of really good things from a variety of athletes about the work he's been doing, and I've been hearing that for a few years.
3: Jeremy has a chairwalking, is that what we're calling <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Don't, uh, don't judge me on my interview skills. Just, no, I can, want to hear him. You, can, inter- you can judge the questions that I ask, maybe not how I ask them. I'm excited. I'm not. I'm excited about I that. I don't like listening, hearing myself. We'll have
4: inside information from John Spraw on his roster decisions Ooh. for USA Men's World Cup, and we'll go through... Uh, World Championships, sorry, not World Cup. Uh, we'll go through that list and give you some uh, opinions, stuff to look forward to, maybe it's some a, unknowns. It's a lot to do. We have to talk. We actually have to talk volleyball now.
3: I know. I know. We talked, we talked your vacation. Now we have to talk volleyball.
4: You also need to check out the link we'll be posting here with Peyton Manning and Cam Newton oh, fantastic! At their, on their commercials, their new Gatorade commercials with Jim Belushi's... I think it's Jim Belushi's kid. I don't think it's John Belushi's kid. Uh, as the
3: Oh, is it The Clerk? The Clerk. The Store Clerk? I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that.
4: Oh, he's that. fantastic. That's uh, great. He is fantastic. You need to check out those commercials, really creative commercials. and I give a lot of cred to Peyton Manning and Cam Newton for their acting abilities. Well, Peyton, you've Especially known... Especially Peyton.
3: Because you look at the guy and you're like, there's no way, because he's so serious on the, on the football field, even in the interviews afterwards. He's a great interview. But you would never think that that sense of humor would come across that well on yeah. TV. Like, when he does Saturday Night Live, it's fantastic.
4: There was the, the direct T V rap... He, they did another ago. one.
3: Him and his brother did another one recently.
4: That commercial two years ago was the best commercial. Oh, so great! Yeah, and then he did the one Sports Center. This is Sports Center where he and Eli are kicking each
3: other behind Archie. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or the That's Saturday. So my boys. The Saturday Night Live one when he's drilling young kids with the football. He's mad at them because they're not oh, catching I it. Oh, I heard about like that, that, but I never saw. Oh, um, he put a kid in the uh, porta potty because he wasn't playing well. <laughs>
4: Kudos to Peyton Manning uh, for, job, for the, the acting work he does in these commercials. It's, he's the store manager. And he does not crack. Oh, is, it's, great. oh. Yeah, it's great. So we'll get that posted. Check that out. Uh, College Volley Weekly coming up. And, of course, discussion about AVP as well as USA Cup. A lot of ground to cover here on the Net Live. We'll take a break. And we'll be right back with uh, a lot of volleyball. Man. That's A, so capital L, capital O, capital Tea. We're not ending the show early today, is what you're saying. And I know it's two words. Yeah, we're not. This will not be an 11:30 show. We'll be right back here on the Net live. Welcome back to The Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. I want to make sure we thank Volleyball Magazine as well as 6'8 Clothing Company. This is a new clothing company for the tall and athletic man out of Seattle, Washington. You want to get involved with these guys if you know someone or you are someone 6'3 or over. They have clothing for you. You know how it goes when you buy a shirt. Maybe it's 4X. I'm not sure because you're looking for a little extra length. And what you find yourself with is a moo Moo. You don't want to be caught wearing a muumuu, so go to 6aclothingcompany.com. com. is the number 8, 6 6-8clothingcompany.com, or go on amazon.com, and you can purchase there. TNL10 will get you 10% off of these tall, attractive clothes. I wore my 6 eight clothes in Hawaii, wore my shirts, wore my uh, plaids a few times. Really nice stuff. Haven't worn jeans in about uh, six weeks. It's been nice. So get out there and check them out. Support them for supporting us. Here on The Net Live. Also, if you enjoyed the music you just heard, you can get out and see the Suicide Doors come up here shortly, can't you, Jeremy? Yes, you can, Kevin. you will be appearing in Silver Lake.
3: Silver Lake Lounge. What day? September 18th. It's a Thursday.
4: Okay. I put it in my calendar.
3: Yep. And uh, it is,
4: you have an opening act or something? What am yes, I going to we... do from, from 7 o'clock to 10 while I'm waiting for you to come on stage? What
3: you're going to do is you're going to go get food. You're going to eat dinner. Okay. And then you're going to come to the show.
4: Can I do some shopping? Because Silver Lake has some fantastic yeah.
3: shopping. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. You can get your tickets uh, the doors dot thesuicidedoors.com forward slash shows. Shows. Yep. Okay. And there's a promo code um, that I need to put on the website that will save you two bucks on your ticket purchase. Yeah. Do I have to pay Ticketmaster fees for this show? Probably. Dang it. No, it's not Ticketmaster fees, but you know there's always fees. Can I buy at the door? Yeah, but it's more expensive at the door than buying online. All right. All right. Is, is Cam Green going to be appearing? Cam Green will be there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Fresh off his Vegas events, huh? Cam Green performs with the Suicide Doors.
4: He per, Like permanently
3: now. He has done every show except for one where he could not be there. Right on. Yep.
4: And with his father-in-law in
3: Vegas back yep. in May, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Fantastic. So I will be there. The Net Live will be represented. Suicide Doors in Silver Lake. I might fall asleep. In the restaurant at 9 o'clock. That's fine. You when, we, come on. when we
3: start, you will, you will be awake. I'll have had a nap. I'll be fresh. You will be awake.
4: I will be ready to go. And I, I don't know if I can dance, Jeremy. I might be able to nod my head or do like some chair some chair you pumping. Just,
3: if I look mm. out in the audience and you're not at least mm. on beat, I'm going to be upset. Mm. You don't need to dance. Just stay on beat. I'm going to be off beat on purpose. Nope. <laughs> you're going to look over and be all lame. on you. I will tell security to <laughs> throw you <them> out. <laughs> I will stop. The, I have a microphone. I will stop the music. And say something to you. Excuse me. Excuse yeah. me. Elaine Bennett. Tall guy in the back who I've never seen before in my life. You with the thumbs. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
4: I absolutely love it. All right, Jeremy. Yep. I want to hear about the AVP. Okay. Because AVP SLC and AVP MB. Yep. Happened at Salt Lake City in Manhattan Beach. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, back-to-back weekends, right? Correct our first back-to-back of the year.
4: Tell me about the differences in crowd and in atmosphere between the Mormon capital of the
3: universe Mm -hmm. and Manhattan Beach. Well, I did not, I was not able to attend the Salt Lake City event last year. A really good friend of mine got married that weekend. And that was the first event of the AVP last year, so I was not able to attend, mm-hmm. which is a bummer because I have family in Utah, and they were all bummed that I couldn't be there. So I was excited to go back this year because all the players and staff said it was one of the best events last year, and which was surprising because usually the first event of the year, like, everybody's getting it together. But it was the first time the AVP had been to Salt Lake, and everybody was super stoked that everybody could be there. So I was excited and had expectations going into it. Um, here's what I'll say about the Salt Lake City crowd. They were great. They were fantastic. They liked the volleyball, and they applauded when they needed to applaud, but they would not – they weren't raging. However – Well, you can't when you don't drink even correct, caffeine. Correct, but, but regardless whatever. of that, it's, I mean – and this is not a knock on them at all because when Dustin or I, with the music, would require them to interact, they would interact every single time. Okay. So it had no, okay. they weren't just sitting there like, la, la, la. You know, it was, they were a fantastic crowd, but it was just funny because they would sit there and they're like, are we allowed to do something? And we were like, hey, everybody, you can clap. And then they would, just, they would get up and lose their minds. It was fantastic. So they, it was a great crowd, sold out, um, and almost storybook ending because you have Jake and Casey, who are from Utah, winning the tournament, mm-hmm. um, down 14-11 in the third and come back to win 16, 14? That doesn't sound Wow. Right. Something close to that. No, Some, it's been yeah, while. yeah. So it's, it's been a few weeks. Um, so that was a fantastic event. Then we come back, and obviously you have Manhattan Beach Open, which, again, this year they went no stadium style. Which I liked on TV last year. Yeah. A lot. And the photos I saw there on one side, so Oceanside, they were probably 20 people deep. Nice. Yeah. For the finals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but even Friday and Saturday for the um, main draw on the outside courts was pretty much packed the whole time, too. It was great.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The, um, now, what I've noticed with when there's no stands, the crowd is a little bit more laid back. Now, granted, you're also in Southern California where they're not raging as well either. But with no stands and people are just kind of hanging out on the beach, they're just they're they're chilling. You know, they're not necessarily going to... We didn't do the wave that we normally do. We didn't do that in Manhattan Beach. Um, But the fans were absolutely engaged during the finals. It's like they were... Maybe they weren't, you know, rowdy and doing the wave and clapping along the whole time, but they were there for the volleyball. They were engaged, and they appreciated all of it. Um, On the women's side, it was a little bit of a bummer. Carrie... In April 1, April winning her first Manhattan Beach Open. Um, they played Lauren and Brooke for the fourth time in a row in the ABP this season in the finals. Lauren and Brooke won game one. Carrie and April won game two. Right. Then in the third...
4: It ended 9-0 is what it said. Correct. But Brooke's back was the issue here?
3: Yes. She um, apparently has been battling some back issues. And you could see a couple times like... Her not not feeling great during the match. Yeah, and then in game three, I don't remember the play. I don't know if it was something she laid out for. I I I, I really don't remember. Um, but she did kind of get up awkwardly and then just kind of walk to the players' box. And at first, I didn't know if it was just like a normal timeout. Um, but then we saw the medical staff run over there. You knew it was kind of bad. And she was uh, she was not able to go anymore. And uh, because of that. You know the celebration isn't the same for the team that won because you're playing a team and they forfeit, and that's how you win the match. But at nine zero, Karen April had won the Manhattan Beach Open. You know, so it's not like it was like five five. Yeah, but I mean, you know, and that's that's no slight to Lauren and Brooke, but like Karen April won the Manhattan Beach Open. If you're hurt badly enough to quit, then, oh yeah,
4: then it it was over.
3: Well, and they all, and because of that too, like they were a lot of teams were supposed to fly to Poland and a lot of them did not on the women's side. Carrie and April did not, they were a little banged up. Lauren and Brooke did not. Um, yeah,
4: I saw that Casey and Jake were out of Manhattan Beach early and then they were on the plane the they, next day, I think they, even before the
3: final. They I think they finished 7th in Manhattan if I remember correctly. Cuz they were done on Saturday. That was the, I think that's been their worst Casey's worst finish in 2 years domestically. Um yeah, so then they go to Poland, where they had to play in the qualifier. Played in the qualifier. Yeah. Battled all the way back. Came home with the bronze. So congrats to them, yeah. by the way. The
4: men's side is so crazy.
3: It's gnarly. And again, too, I was looking at the photos of the podium, and I showed, uh, Nicole and I were talking about it. The winners from Brazil, smiling. The bronze medal, Casey and Jake, smiling. The silver medalists from Latvia, not smiling at all whatsoever. It it's just like, The Lion King? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just like, oh, It's just. It's always that way. It, well, because when that photo's taken, it's literally after right after the finals. So, yeah, you don't have time to... You just lost. Literally, you just lost. The bronze guys won their last match. Correct. Had a few
4: libations. Possibly. Yeah. possibly. And then all of a sudden got to watch a match,
3: and then they're on the podium. Just no smiles from the silver medalists at all whatsoever. No.
4: Now, I, I liked... It was back in Salt Lake, if I'm reading the dates correctly.
3: It was 43-41. Record. That is a Gib
4: Patterson over
3: Doherty Lucena? Is that who it was? No, no. It was Rogers, Theo, and Todd. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Theo and Todd. 43-41. It was, that was a lot. I was... Um, and what did they play to? 21? Yeah. They basically played... I had to check. Because that match went three. They basically played four games. Wow, yeah, or sets, however you fools want to call it sets, buddy sets that's it's just not that's not correct
4: and it seems like, at least from the
3: results that darty is getting okay with this yeah they may they were there was a little bit of a dispute in Salt Lake um, at 1410. Ryan hit the ball and it was out, but him and Nick thought there may have been a touch, okay, and uh, uh, what a strange situation in the sport of volleyball. The both of the down refs kind of indicated that there may have been a touch, but the up ref overruled. Huh? Yeah, I hate that. It was to the up ref's credit; it was right by him. And talking to Dane and Geeter, who were doing TV, um, afterwards they said the replay you couldn't tell if there was a touch. Okay. So be that as it may, they almost won the Salt Lake City Open.
0: <laughs>
3: Not in the check that they got Yeah, that's correct um, yeah, that 43-41 match Was actually going on On a court I couldn't see But we had a monitor next to us That shows us the scores of all the out And you just kept seeing the numbers go up and up Dustin and I were betting on what the uh, final score would be Like what number it would get to It went well past what we thought it was going to go to Yeah, But 43-41 is a, uh, is a new record 52.50 is the highest one I heard indoors, and that was years ago. That's crazy. In the Italian A1. That is crazy. 52.50 in a match, or set to
4: 25.
3: If you lose as a player, if you if it's an overtime and you're giving everything you got, and you lose that match, how much more defeated are you than if you just would have lost like 25,
4: 23? No, I, I think
3: it's the same. You think so? I think I don't think you suffer anything extra. Okay.
4: I think it's fun. Well, yeah. A little nerve wracking. You might be a little more tired at, at the
3: end of the night mentally,
4: but you, you don't you don't feel like devastated in that moment.
3: Okay. You, the re- but are you a little bit more tired than the other team is after that game? Because they maybe, won, maybe. so the adrenaline is maybe. a little maybe. bit more. Maybe. Just curious. Right,
4: can I? I would like to make a business suggestion to an organization.
3: Oh, any specific organization? <laughs> uh,
4: one that doesn't hire me, so I have nothing to lose here. The AVP. Okay. I would like them to consider firing whomever is running their Twitter feed. (laughs) There's a few different people that run it. Okay, fire them all. Well, maybe don't fire them all. Maybe it's a bit drastic. Maybe provide them some extra training on how to write and follow a match via Twitter. Okay. Saying the match has started, saying who won one set, and then then putting up a picture of the final or, or the champion. Yep is not following a match. That's not enough.
3: You need more, like, point updates, winner of game one. Women's final
4: starts. Congratulations, so-and-so. Uh, congratulations to Carrie and, and April. Winners, April first time. What happened in between? Can I get a score? Could I? Perhaps. Perhaps. If you were to give me a score. Yes. That has first set win, Sweat and Fendrick. Second set win, for Carrie April. Carrie and April. Yep. Third set nine zero retirement, which is what I saw. Yep. Could you perhaps, maybe, let me know what happened? Let me
3: know why. I went back through the AVP Twitter feed to find out because I was on vacation. Well, I remember you, following volleyball. You texted me this, and so I remember I looked at the feed as well afterwards to see what you were complaining about. AVP. It needs to be better. In
4: today's age, if I'm on Twitter and you're posting scores, let's say you're, you're following that darty match we were talking about. Yep. 43-41. Yep. If you're following that match closely on Twitter, in other words, you, the organization, are posting, and it's now 26-25. Now it's thirty one thirty two. What are the odds if you actually give me a feed that I can read, if you hook me with a post and I go, Oh, that's kinda of neat and I'm surfing and I come back and look and it's still going on, don't you think you've increased the odds that I might tune over to your live stream and maybe tune into your live stream and check out your product because it is kind of exciting? Or if you have April on the verge of putting her name on the pier for the first time and you've been recapping it and coming back and so on and so forth, sweat not looking too good, this could be a fra- do you think that might drive a little bit of traffic for your brand? Or at least people would just continue to follow your Twitter feed and go, maybe I want to go to a tournament, or maybe I want to watch this on TV next time. The Twitter feed
3: was terrible. There's just, no other way to describe just it. Just for that match you were upset about. Yeah. Okay.
4: I, I didn't look back for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wanted to know what happened in the finals. Mm-hmm. I got the fact that the finals started, and then I got like a congratulatory picture. That was all that, and I think maybe I got one set score. And I'm used to something where people are following what's going on. Here, this has happened. That's happened. And I, I did it at Long Beach for us. I remember. When I was watching that quarterfinal matchup uh-huh. between Germany and the United States. And people literally were like, what happened? And it wasn't over yet. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Like, what? Post some more. You can get people into it. It's an it's a opportunity. And the AVP missed it in that, in the finals of that tournament, it was an opportunity missed. And I say that from the consumer side. Correct. Because I was looking for that information.
3: Yeah. You wanted it, and if you wanted it, there are others out there that probably wanted it. Yeah, and I figured the AVP site, the AVP Twitter feed, because the site didn't have it, but I figured the Twitter feed would have it. Yeah. Well, throughout the tournament, there um, there is live scoring on the AVP website, and there is some live streaming, not the entire tournament. But then when come the finals, that stuff goes down because they're trying to drive traffic to the... Um, To the broadcast, obviously. But that does not mean that you can't update it via Twitter. And it was already over. Oh, yeah. So it was over. I saw the score on BVB
4: Info. I saw a 9-0 retirement. And I thought, well, what the hell is that all about? Yeah. There was no article yet. And, you know, it takes time to write an article. No problem there. I I don't remember the exact timing. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But it was shortly after it was over. And I thought, well, what the heck happened? I want to know what happened. Yeah. Well, I'll jump on the AVP Twitter. There has to be a recap of the final. At least at the end, if you want to say people will follow on Twitter, they're not going to watch on TV, which I disagree with. But if you wanted to make that argument, the event's over. Put a score
3: and tell me what happened. I'm with you on that. I think um, they'll get better at it.
4: Yeah, I wanted to know a score and I wanted to know why the retirement that information was not available. If you have somebody quit in the finals of the Wimbledon, of beach volleyball, you want to know what happened. Was it a catastrophic injury? Did they crash into someone in the crowd? Was it what this happened to be, which was kind of a degradation
3: of a, a previous injury? It did almost go into the crowd. It was awesome. <laughs>
4: cool. So anyway, that's, as a fan of the sport, trying to get information. As a information, suggestion
3: to the AVP, you would say, let's work on the social media Twitter game a little bit is what you're
4: getting at. During the finals. I have no critique before. I, don't, I didn't really follow the middle of the tournament. But certainly during the finals, I would like to see something that more resembles a are, running feed of
3: the finals. Because yeah, there are some people that can't see it online or aren't in front of a TV. Let's say somebody like us who travel then you might want to follow it via Twitter. Let's say I'm in Hawaii,
4: and since I was using my phone a lot, I've been threatened by my carrier, even though I'm on, on an unlimited plan, yeah. that I'm using too much bandwidth. First time I've ever gotten this warning in five years, by From the way. From who? From AT&T. They send me a thing that says, we are going to throttle your, your speeds if you continue to use more than five gigabytes. What part of unlimited? Exactly. And I've read about this before. Here's the hilarious part. I called a complaint, because it's not like I go over that. It's the first time I've ever gone over that. Yeah. Because I was watching True Blood on the plane, because the Wi-Fi of, wasn't working. It was
3: just an automated thing by them. Like- I was
4: watching Moto drink on the next morning on my phone at like 5 in the morning, Hawaii time. Great. Something like that. So I was streaming a lot of stuff. So I called and said, well, what the hell? And they go, well, you know, this is place Then, the next day, they send me one that says how likely are you to recommend our service? How pleased are you? I'm like, <laughs> you like, oh, fantastic. Don't send those two back. to me. I'd already yeah. deleted the other one or I was yeah. going to take a picture and post them next to each other. Yeah. and go, what should I say to you, AT&T? Yeah. How do you like our service? Hmm. Do you like our service? Do you like the fact that we're cutting your speeds on everything? Yeah. Yeah. Jerks. But anyways, the, I was, as a fan, trying to figure out what was happening with AVP. Yeah,
3: I remember you text me.
4: That takes care of AVP. Unless we have other
3: questions out here. I don't know. Well, you hope that in the time a lot of the players did not go overseas, like I said. Like, the only women's teams that went to Poland were Summer, Ross, and Emily Day, and then Brittany Hochaver and uh, uh, Heather
4: Hughes. When you lay it on paper, it looks doable. When you get in the middle of a season, sometimes it's a bit
3: sketchy, huh? Well, I know. I mean, you know, like in, in any pro season, like, people are, have dings and nicks here and there and a little banged up and... Uh, Flying to Poland for one week and then flying back for two out-of-state domestic events, because we go to Cincinnati this weekend, followed by Atlantic City. Okay. Then we have a week off, Huntington Beach, and then the players uh, have Brazil to end the FIVB year.
4: So the FIVB year is
3: basically over. Yeah, I mean, there's for Grand Slams, I mean, there's other opens, stuff like that, Yeah. But I don't know if... You know, our big teams will play in those or not. The, the impression under is not really, but so there's one more Grand Slam in Brazil.
4: So Cincy and Atlantic City and then Huntington Beach? Cincy, Atlantic City,
3: week off, Huntington Beach.
4: Okay. Maybe I'll see one of those. Huntington Beach. I'm not going to Atlantic City. Sorry.
3: No, I apologize.
4: I'm not a fan of volleyball, I guess. Will Reed come to Huntington Beach? <laughs> No comment. Okay. Uh, let's get to a little indoor stuff. USA men have departed for world championships. Yep. Let me take a look at the, a gander at the roster here that I have pulled up. Yeah, I saw indoor while you were out of town, too, Kevin. Yeah, what would
3: you think of the USA Cup? I was, all, I was only able to go to the one in Anaheim, because all the other ones were um, weekend games or stuff I had going on. The crowds were fantastic. I, um, I saw John Spraw the day before the Anaheim match, and he said, I think they were at Galen Center right before that. He said that was the loudest arena he's heard in the United States for an indoor men's national team. Nice. Match. Now, it wasn't loud necessarily for the USA, <laughs> but the fact that they were able to, you know, draw up that much interest in these matches, and they were great, you know, great fan bases on both sides. The When I went to the Anaheim Convention Center, which really needs to update their sound system, um, <laughs> great turnout there as well. Obviously a little bit more pro-Iran than pro-US, but also some of that too is that they're just more rambunctious of a crowd as opposed to the United States crowd in general. Um I believe Gardhoff was at the USC. Of course he was. Yes, I was I was not. So I Gar- think he
4: has a chair that has like a nameplate on it.
3: It says Gardhoff. He should. Yeah.
4: Um but I thought
3: the turnout was great. The um the match I went to, I mean, fans were enjoying themselves. The players, the squad that was playing on Wednesday at Anaheim wasn't the Typical starting squad. Not the A team. Yeah, but the A team was there. Mm-hmm. I, I sat with Reed and some of the other players because I'm big time, and uh, I had a media pass. And security kept Something coming around. Security kept coming around, telling people to move, and they'd come to me and tell me to move. I'd just show my badge, and they'd be like, "Okay." So thanks to BJ Evans, I could basically do whatever I wanted to while I was there, which was awesome.
4: Was the cheering at Galen Center really, really loud because they were so pumped on the fact that Polly was destroyed? Was that part well, of
3: it? I'm sure Gardhoff had a sign that said, suck it, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, 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 for this cup, I heard, um, I think it was kind of a bummer that they couldn't go to Polly, because I think Polly had the potential of selling out the entire arena. That would have been ridiculous. Yeah. Um, would have been a great turnout would have loved that for Polly cuz I know Polly was really looking forward to that obviously with John and stuff like yeah, that yeah yeah it would have been something else yeah but um from everything i heard all the accounts i heard like it was a uh this friendly if you will was uh, very successful good and again like for me like cuz i come from the beach side being able to see our men's and or women's team play domestically is a treat for me cuz obviously it doesn't happen that often and I'm not as connected on the indoor side as I am Beach, so getting to know that side of the sport more is is a lot of fun for me as well. It's
4: part of listening to the show as you get a chance to hear about things in the volleyball world that maybe you don't have an intimate connection to. Absolutely. Let's look at this roster because those USA Cup matches against Iran were basically the play-in if you were trying to make a bid to be a part of the World Championships team. Here's the World Championships team. We'll go down the obvious parts first. Matt Anderson, Taylor Sander, David Lee, Mm -hmm. of course. Micah Christensen, Mm -hmm. of course. Max Holt, after his performance, absolutely. And then your libero, Eric Yes. Now, here are the open spots. I guess Paul Lottman is not necessarily open. Paul has done a, a good job of crafting himself a spot, so we'll throw Paul Lottman into that previous group. At the setter position, I wasn't sure if there would be more competition if James Shaw was going to get in the mix. Uh, like what Kavika Shoji did this year, definitely as the backup and guy coming in off the bench. So that's kind of an in-between spot that I thought there might be some competition at for the backup setter. But Kavika Shoji has that spot nailed down. Yep. And after his wedding, he now is a part of the World Championships. Now, the outside hitting and opposite questions. <sighs> We went through this. Matt Anderson's been playing opposite. Yep. He's now listed actually as outside hitter opposite. Awesome. They haven't had another true opposite on the roster, they haven't had two. They've had Carson Clark. He is also once again on the roster. So those hoping to see somebody else sneak into there. Uh huh. Either Troy Murphy or Murphy Troy. <laughs> Depends on it did team. not happen. <laughs> So Carson Clark's still holding down that backup opposite position, or in some cases, the alternate lineup position, because Matt Anderson would go back to the outside. Interesting person missing from the discussion, Sean Rooney. Mm-hmm. Sean Rooney, as we've heard, bad back, not able to really train, not able to really go. So Sean Rooney is out. And that leaves some room. So Garrett Mwangatudia, who finished the World League final on the court, made some good moves. He makes another roster. Also at the outside hitting spot, Tony Chirelli, who as of late, because he's been making some rosters, he must be playing some good volleyball in practice. USC guy. USC guy.
3: Yep. Nope. And then of Matt. course Paul. Good job, Matt.
4: So so there's your outside hitters. Still some real questions there. Some room. Will Mwangatudia or Chirelli step up if they're given? More of an opportunity to play, we'll have to wait and see. But it would be interesting to see those guys. World Championships is such a grind. I think this is one of those chances that you could put
3: one of those guys in alternate matches and have them play. Is this the one we were talking about earlier in the summer? Like, this is like what Russia would want to win as opposed to when they came to town earlier this year.
4: Oh, yeah. They want to win World yeah, Champs. Yeah. yeah. you want to, And we'll get to the odds in just a second. There are actually odds out there, I think, from London bookmakers maybe European bookmakers. Nice. Odds on who wins world champs. So you may see these guys. This tournament is brutal. It's long. It's a lot of practice, a lot of travel usually. Molongatudia, Tirelli, keep your eyes open to see if they get some time. Both guys, you know, 6'5", 6'6", one out of SC in Chiarelli, one out of UCLA in Garrett. Uh, an extra libero on this roster. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 11. Yeah, 14-man roster. So a libero traveling. Alfie Reft, Mm-hmm. On the trip, and actually
3: sat next to John Spar on the plane. Did you see that tweet? Yeah. That tweet was fantastic. First of all, if you're the head coach and you're Libero sitting next to you, and you're the head coach and you're in the middle seat, you know what I do? I look at the person next to me and be like, "Hey, bro, guess what? You're sitting in the middle
4: seat." No, I like the fact he's sitting in the middle seat. No, players need space. Alfie, ref doesn't. You could put him in the uh, overhead compartment. That's uh, that's. What I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. If I was the head coach, that's how I would roll. Yeah, but if they're on a big plane, middle there's three middle seats. 747. There's three middle seats in the middle. Yes, you could be you could be middle left, middle right, or middle middle. Middle middle is the worst. You got to like step on people to go to the bathroom or whatever. You never get food. I, I even people
3: pass everything. to I'm you. I am not a large individual, contrary to popular little fat Jeremy um, <laughs> talk. I can't do middle seat. What? I had to have a discussion with a guy on my flight home from I think it must have been Salt Lake. He was in the middle seat and he wasn't like a big dude, but he was just broad. And I was by the windows, trying to give him as much room as I can, but yet still he was touching me. And I mean touching me like his full arm was touching my arm and I'm not wasn't using the armrest. I was like, "You know you're touching me, right?" You said, "Too." Yeah. Yeah, I'll you do don't to need to sometimes. touch me. Yeah. Like you really, there's no I'm as far over as I can get. Like you have to suck it up, you're in the middle seat. You don't need to touch me. There should be plenty of room, Jeremy. Your you, arm, could, you could ride a horse for the Triple Crown. Come that's what I'm on. saying. Your arm is fully on my arm. And am I even close to the armrest? Stop touching me. I will fight for the armrest sometimes, especially uh, when little tiny people
4: sit down next to me.
3: If you're in the middle seat, I'll give you the armrest. You can have it. Uh, I don't, Fine. I'll lean to the left.
4: Plain you etiquette. You don't need to touch me. As you're packed in there like sardines. Uh, the funny part was the discussion about... Stop touching me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's not like Bart Simpson. Probably not over yet. Ow, quit it. Ow, yeah. quit it. The funny thing was the discussion on there about, I think Gardhoff posted something about athletes traveling 20-plus hours and having to perform at a level. And and I said, yeah, somebody tell the big three sports about whining. Oh, About yeah. their three-hour yeah. flights in first class or on charter first class. Yeah, really rough. Yeah. Rough travel. Yeah. I don't know how you're possibly going to get yourself ready to play. Right. 30
3: hours to France. And then whatever hotel you get to, it's the Ritz.
4: Yeah. Something like
3: that. Someone yeah. hands you a key and you get room service? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, room service is the
4: best. Uh-huh. Yeah, talk to me after I travel 30 hours. I practice for two hours. Thanks, Doug Beal. Go back to the hotel in Poland, and they serve gelatin-encased cabbage and blood-red beet soup. Um... And the Polish team walks out because they're disgusted. Yeah. Talk to me about the travel and the tough life you're living in the three major sports. I just threw up in my
3: mouth the gelatin-encased cabbage. It, gelatin-encased cabbage. Ugh.
4: One of the most disgusting Why things I've been
3: served. would you even think that that's okay?
4: I don't know. All I know is the Poles left. Ugh. They were pissed. They left. Ugh. <laughs> That's gross. All right, back to this roster anyway. Uh, No Rooney. Now, middle blocker, Max Holt, David Lee. Mm -hmm. There's your starters. They both had incredible World Leagues. question is the backup. Dave Smith we saw sparingly in World League, but he could be in the mix. Mm -hmm. Russ Holmes, steady guy usually, not on the roster. Interesting. Nick Vogel from UCLA out of San Diego, middle blocker, 6'9". I asked John, he says, Nick... Has the chance to be a good offensive middle for us and brings good size. He's had a really nice summer. It was time to integrate him into the group. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Also questions maybe on that outside hitter position. We've talked a lot, and we heard John Spraw on this program mention Aaron Russell out of Penn State. Russell not yet done with school. So they're high on his play, but they said Aaron Russell would miss too much school to make the trip, so we've known since the early summer that he wasn't able to join us for world champs. Good to know. So maybe we'll see Aaron Russell next year. But we'll definitely we'll hear Vinny Lopes talk about him this year, I bet. So there's your roster. Shoji, Vogel, Smith, Reft, Mwangatudia, Holt,
3: Clark, Christensen,
4: Chirelli, Shoji, Lottman, Lee, Sander, Anderson.
3: Anything surprise you about that? Because all the, I mean, the names, no. all, it all works for me, the names we've been hearing all summer. Vogel's kind of out of left field. But
4: I always like that. I like to see new guys. Yeah. Uh, their, their pool, Pool D, Belgium, France, Iran, Italy, Puerto Rico, and USA. It will definitely be broadcast on BN Sports. Question about whether it will be also be broadcast on Universal. It's being held in Poland. First match, August 31st, USA-Belgium. Next match for United States, September 2nd, USA-Iran. Then they will go USA-Puerto Rico, USA-France. And USA, Italy. So that is going to be now. Here's the schedule. This is why you may see some outside hitters. 31st of August, 2nd of September, 4th of September, 6th of September, 7th of September. Brutal. Second round, September 10th to the 15th, in Lodz or some word I can't say. Bielikowski's. Sure. Yep. Sounds right. Third round, September 16th to the 19th, in Lodz and Katowice. And then Lodz or Katowice again for the final round, 20th to the 21st. This is a brutal, mm. brutal tournament. Mm.
3: So, so they're gone for like a month.
4: Oh, yeah. September 21st. And they left. I told my wife on Saturday, I said, well, if I was on the men's national team, I would have left today. And that was the 23rd. So 23rd to the 22nd, basically, a month in Poland. Hopefully they're not getting gelatin-encased cabbage.
3: Uh, it's just Why would you even bring that up again? <laughs>
4: My guess is they're not getting it. <laughs> so good luck to John
3: Spraw and the boys.
4: Can't wait to see what happens. Hope uh, Anton Villert doesn't get somehow stopped at the border on his way back and sent back <laughs> to Germany. Hopefully that process has worked out. Kathy DeBoer of AVCA as a consultant coach. Oh, Tyler nice. Hildebrandt as a consultant coach. He travel with him?
3: Yeah. Interesting.
4: And Tim Pillow. Wow.
3: Hello. Hello. Come on, Kevin. Lolao. Hello. He'd be Tim Lao if he was from East, I, Southeast Asia. Obviously, we'll talk about it, but I was at the training center for like six hours. Oh, just hanging out. Committed to the show, Kevin. I like it. Yeah. Let's hear your interview after a break. Let's okay. take a short break. All on right. the other side, we'll
4: have Jeremy getting a lowdown from Tim Pillow.
5: Can't touch the ground Touch the ground And it feels fine I can see the sands On the horizon at times You are not around So each drift. you Can't touch the ground Touch the ground And it feels nice. I can see the sands on the horizon At the time You are not around So he it, away Drifted away Way back wave, way Way back the way So he drift it away And it feels like the am drowning Pulling against the street Pulling against the
4: Jeremy, after I was tired out there in the paddles in Hawaii, I was slowly drifting away. Yeah. Or just
3: waves were just <laughs> crushing you. <laughs> Lifeguard! Mm-hmm. Help! Get the jet ski! Sir, you're 10 yards offshore. <laughs> I can't make it back. My arms are yeah. tired.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, we great. Uh, we snorkeled in Hanama Bay. Oh, nice. Went out beyond. It was low tide. We went out beyond the reef. Kids. The too? main reef part, yeah. yeah. Took the kids out there. Kind of rough. Really wavy, gnarly mm-hmm. day. Uh, But we might have been quickly drifting away out there.
3: When you're doing things like that and you realize how little control you have over what the ocean wants to do to you, oh yeah, makes me feel small. Yeah, I
4: remember doing that in college. It was one of the few things I'd done. And being out way far in Hanan, we went up one side and all the way across the outside. And I remember it was a calm day, and you could see 30, 40 feet in the water. Mm -hmm. Just looking around going... All right. I'm in the middle of the school.
3: They're going to pick off the edges. I'm, uh, yeah. yeah I'm okay. okay. You don't need to be the fastest. You just don't need to be the slowest. Right. Yeah. Right. I've been watching, uh, because I was so busy, I missed the first couple of days of shark week. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait till it's all done and then start watching them. Okay. So I started watching them. I have a healthy fear of sharks to begin with. Yeah. a so respect, Kevin. I respect that. Respect. Yes. Um, never ever ever do i just want to be out in the middle of the ocean by myself set adrift because my imagination will kill me before anything else does like i will kill uh, like i would just off myself somehow with my brain panicking me nothing will ha- nothing will happen to me i will just be thinking about the 10 great whites just circling underneath me i think it's pretty real though the, the shipwrecks they've had go down
4: i maybe i'm thinking of movies and stuff i got to look it up but i, I My heart rate's going up just talking about it. Yeah. You don't want to be eaten. No, I do not. No. Fire and being eaten, there are a lot of ways you can go. Those are are like the last
3: two. It's freaking me out just talking about it. I don't want to be eaten by some large animal. They keep talking about all the uh, juvenile great whites right off Manhattan Beach Pier. Yeah, well, if you put them on a a line. Yeah, well, I think they're seeing them a lot more, too, because the water's fairly clear right now. Is it? Yeah, it's pretty clear. I was in yesterday. There. It was pretty murky, but I was down south. The other, I think. Uh, I think it was Manhattan Beach weekend right beforehand. The TV showed like an aerial view of it, and they're like, "Oh, we're at the Manhattan Beach pier," and like, I'm throwing my BS flag. I'm like, "There's no way that's Manhattan Beach. That water's too clear."
0: Uh-huh. And then
3: they pan away, and I said, "I was like, Oh no, there is the pier." And it there was he, you had to pick up your flag. Yeah, I had to pick it up. <laughs> Sorry everybody, but like there was a swimmer swimming, and there was a great white probably ten yards away, and he kind of like the great white's just swimming, and he kind of. Who knows if he noticed the swimmer. I'm sure he knew it was there. Kind of went towards it a little bit, and you could hear, like, the broadcaster or whoever was swimming. was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, and then just kind of turned away and swam away. No big deal. This is on a volleyball match? No, this was, like, the day before the Manhattan Beach Open. Oh, okay. It was pretty gnarly. Wow. Panic. Well, I mean, they're out there. That's where they live. They're not interested in us. For that one time. Except for that one time. Well, if you get hooked and you're trying to get off the hook, like, the fact that... That they...
4: wasn't a real shark attack.
3: Well, the fact that they call it a shark attack bothers me. If yeah. it was an attack, you'd be missing parts of your body. You just had puncture wounds. It, it, There's a difference between puncture wounds and you missing half of your leg. It's the same reason why we talked to a friend of
4: ours who lives in NorCal, right around San Francisco Bay Area, actually Danville area, Yeah. yesterday at 10 a.m. after the 3 a.m. earthquake, Yeah. that the news was in a panic about even at 6 p.m., and she didn't even mention it.
3: 87 people injured. Nobody's dead. I was talking. That's what I was talking to Nicole about that. I was like, 87 people. It's an earthquake. Four mobile homes burned down. That's yeah. a normal day anyway. Yeah, we don't talk about the people getting killed in Chicago every day, but we'll have eight hours of CNN broadcast of an earthquake. A oh, 6.0 that damaged a couple of historic buildings. Look, and uh, earthquake. It's a big deal. Don't I mean? It's the biggest one they've had since what was it, the '94 quake. Yeah. Six point nine. Yeah. So I get. I mean, I, I ruled g- that one out. Yeah. I. I mean, I get it. Yeah. But. Yeah.
4: But. Yeah. To your point, there's a lot of other uh, more important yeah. things, more impactful things happening, but earthquakes equal ratings. True that. So but, boom. Anyways. Whatever. <sighs> uh, whatever. I, I don't want to go, go down that road because it yeah, just yeah. bothers me the the mm-hmm. amount of attention paid to something that is a pretty minor
3: event, really.
4: Let's get to back to some volleyball. Yeah. To a big event, the the walking. Walking with Jerry. Walking with Jerry. <laughs> you went down to Anaheim, and as you said, you spent six hours hanging I was around. I there a long time. am sure you had
3: lunch, at least. Did somebody take you to the White House? I don't know what the White House is. Uh, we went to Subway. USA men's volleyball team. You have failed Jeremy. No, here's so here's what happened. So, obviously... Tim Palau, you need you, yes. you to take Jeremy
4: to the White House next time.
3: Yes, we had... Um, Casey Patterson Hello. was on the uh, show a couple years ago and talked about how he'd gained 95 pounds in the offseason. That's correct. Or just pure muscle, just pure muscle of 95 pounds. He's looking like Arnold in Pumping Iron. So that was our first recollection or mention of Tim, the strength and conditioning coach that I remember. And uh, since then, you know, talked to some of Yeah, yeah. He's talked a lot about him. Yep, met Clay, his hand engulfed my entire arm. Hmm. Um, so April? I heard yeah, April. Sorry? April. Yeah, yeah. So I heard about Tim, and, you know, players have nothing but great things to say about him. Tim started following me on Twitter where we talked occasionally. He requested a song from Russia, which I think is the record for longest music request for me. (laughs) Um, He was in Russia, and I played it, and he thought it was fantastic. Okay, So the two weeks we were off, I felt like it was a good time to go down there and just kind of see it for myself. And also I knew that the beach players would be in town after the Salt Lake City event because we were having Manhattan. So I was like, if I can go down there at the same time, just watch him, put them through workouts and stuff like that, that would be fantastic. So we figured it out, and he said, oh, if you want to come down around noon, the women's team, national team, is working out. I was like, sure, I'll come down. So I went down early. Um, The men's national team was just wrapping up. So I uh, got to talk to John for a little while, Mm -hmm. talk to Furby, uh, Andrea Becker who we are now BFFs, because she has been stalking me ever since. The restraining order is in the yeah, works. Yeah, Ask her about it. I mean, when she shows up at Starbucks, when I'm at Starbucks, I mean, it's just not a coincidence, okay? Andrea? Wife my pepper it. partner. Back off. Andrea, I have a girlfriend. Like, you're nice and all, but let's... You know I mean? <laughs> so, anyway. So, you heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. So, I was down there, went down there for that. Um, Had my NetLife sh- t-shirt on, which was good, because when I'm sitting in the gym, just chilling while Tim's putting the... In- the women's national team through a workout yeah. you can kind of tell like some of them look at me like who is this random dude in here but then some of them recognized the shirt and a, a few of them I, and i introduced myself to and they're like oh like they'd heard and blah blah but okay. they don't know so like i'm not just some creepy dude in here so i watched him do his thing then we went to lunch talked a little bit and then came back and then the beach players were there ryan doherty april ross Jay Gibb and Casey Patterson came. Then you were in your comfort zone. Then I felt better. Everybody knew me. Sand between your toes. Everybody knew me. Yeah. You had your ass in the water, toes in the sand. Yeah. Yeah. So Tim asked if I wanted to. Not a worry in the world with cold beer in your hand. It was fantastic. (laughs) So Tim asked if I wanted to, you know, go through a little warm-up. I told him I'll do, yeah, I'll go through their workout. The only thing I can't do is jump.
4: Did you get your ankle looked at?
3: you got to have somebody look at your ankle while you're there. No, I, I told you. Bone spur. Okay. Shaving off in October. All right. So I went through a little workout with him. It was fantastic. And uh, then afterwards, we sat down and we talked. All right. Here is said talk. DJ Roche here with strength and conditioning coach Tim Pillow. Tim, we're here at the USA Volleyball Training Center. And uh, we just got done with the workout. You put me through some stuff with April Ross, Ryan Doherty, Jake Gibb, and Casey Patterson. And let's be honest, who were you most impressed with?
2: Well, I'm impressed that you showed up today. <laughs> I think uh, that thing that says a lot. I didn't uh, didn't realize you were coming, and, and let alone impressed with the gun show that I have in front of you right now. You came up and you got a sleeveless T-shirt on, and it's quite impressive. Well, you guys gave
3: me the sleeveless shirt, so I felt like I had to let the pythons out. It's very sunny there, so suns out, guns out. Suns out,
1: guns
3: out. So, in all seriousness, you have been with USA
2: Volleyball for how long now? Uh, I've been working with USA Volleyball out in California. Here um,
3: since 2010. And you got your start though. Volleyball is not the only sports that you work with. You've done water polo. You said Greco wrestling. What else have you done?
2: Yeah, I've got a pretty <clears throat> diverse background. I actually started strength and conditioning in 2000 uh, as a college strength coach, uh, working with sports like tennis and golf and uh, basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, um, and then had uh, had some opportunities to to join the Olympic. Uh, community, Olympic movement back in 2003, so um, I had the opportunity to work in the winter sports division, I guess you will, so aerial ski, luge, bobsled, uh, Nordic ski, Nordic combined, downhill ski, so just a, just a variety of different sports, um, and so then uh, I've been involved with and moved to Colorado Springs, was at the base at Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs for a couple years. Uh, there, I had spent some time with the indoor teams, the indoor volleyball teams, uh, but also judo, wrestling, taekwondo, track cycling, um, just uh, a number of different sports. I think uh, that's yeah. So there, that's a little bit a little bit of background. And I'm just going to assume that volleyball is your favorite. I really enjoy volleyball. <laughs> really enjoy it. Just
3: because you have to say that because you're on the net live. If you're on Greco wrestling, then you would say that was your favorite. Uh, I would <laughs> say volleyball for sure. So when I came in here earlier this morning, you were training some of the women's national team players, and this afternoon some of the beach players came in. Talk about the difference when you're working out with both of them and maybe some of the specific things that you do differently for each, um, each uh, discipline of volleyball. It's
2: a great question. I think, uh, you know, with the national team level, uh, I tell this to people all the time, is that there's just a difference in, in volume um, with the participation in practice. And volume plays a toll. It kind of exposes a lot of things that, uh, when you look at the indoor world, it exposes a lot of the aches and pains or the ins and outs or the side effects, if you will, of, of playing in those very specified positions for a long period of time, such as blockers and setters and hitters. And, and the things that maybe the um, the resultant physically, the aches, the breakdowns that, that we see, um, so that. So when we look at uh, individ- the differences between the sport, it almost comes down to individual, uh, individual differences between positions. But then when you look at being on a hard surface versus being on the sand surface, I mean, the roles are way different. You know, as we look at the beach, uh, you know, we have blockers and defenders, but as we've talked about, there's <laughs> you're having to do both regardless. Um, so you have a lot more role, a lot more responsibility. You cover a lot more court. The speed is really important. Conditioning is extremely important because you have to move a lot farther. Uh, you have to be able to, uh, I think I've, I've captured video and looked at maybe 10, 15 yard sprints taking place in the sand, um, which in the indoor world, it does happen from time to time, but you have six people and the likelihood of covering that much ground is not as great. So um, there are quite a bit of different varieties other than the surface of that they're playing on. And that definitely plays a toll, too. Uh, I mean, there's, we could talk about some of the soft tissue things that take place, muscle recruitment things that take place. Um, but yeah, just the, the, uh, the fundamental concepts of just the roles and responsibilities are different. So now when
3: the players come in here on the beach side, do they, are they doing specific stuff to them in general? Are you giving everybody like the blanket, here's the workout you need to do? doing specific things for specific players like everybody has a different routine
2: that they're going through every time they come in? Yeah I think that's a, that's a really great question and it could get pretty in-depth. I think when you look at train programs I think uh, there's an intent based upon the need that needs to take place, the, the responsibilities physiologically uh, from a speed. Uh, I think if I could back up I think when you look at the characteristics of sport especially volleyball whether it's beach or indoor they all kind of they carry a couple of, uh, common similarities you need speed. You've got to move quick. You've got to be able to change direction. You've got to be strong. you got to be explosive. you got to be able to play, play after play. You have to have some level of cardiovascular fitness and you got to have some flexibility. Um, so when you look at all those parameters, uh, you know, when you look at trying to build uh, those things, it takes a lot of time. Um, but not only takes a lot of time, it takes a plan because if we try to attack all of those concepts or all of those strategic, fo- strategic focus in one workout... We're, we're really going to achieve minimal benefits in any of them. So we kind of have to strategically focus different periods of time, whether it's a three-week block or a two-week block or a one-month block, to say, hey, we need to laser focus in on this, and then maybe another three- or four-week block laser focus in on this, and that gives us the ability to generate some really nice outcomes in each of those physiological uh, or uh, performance characteristics, we'll say. So, yeah, but then when you look at the individual players, you know, individual players have aches and pains and dings and dents that they've taken on from the training history that they've had as athletes. So the way that athletes move is highly individually specific. Uh, even the same exercise could be coached specific to a specific player one way. could be completely different to another player the other way, especially body types. We have a seven-foot something guy versus a five foot one guy, I mean, or a girl, it doesn't matter, just the way that their bodies are, the geometry, the femur length, the torso length, are all all a little bit different, arm lengths, um, so it all becomes highly individual at some point, but we start with a strategic intention of trying to say, hey, we need to do this for speed, we need to do this for power, but then it, based upon the person, becomes pretty
3: individualized. Are you doing differences between guys and girls, or because they're both playing the same sport, they're generally doing the same type of stuff? depending on what their
2: goals are? That's a great question. I think uh, when you look at muscle, when you look at the nervous system, when you look at connective tissue, some very similar things. There's a few things that we need to take in consideration for females, just the way that the body types are that we, that we, that we work with, but it's not significantly different. Um, so when you look at speed and power and strength and flexibility, I mean, a lot of those things are, are all pretty common. Uh, individually, whether somebody has a, a wider hip than somebody else, has a, a valgus angle that's a little bit, you know, uh, just uh, the way that they move, I would yeah. say. Sometimes athletes just move different. So it just really becomes like a daily assessment, you know, within warm-up, within movement, the exercise technique. And then there it becomes just highly, you know, we just kind of sniff out the trail to find out what we need to do. Gotcha.
3: Now, I saw inside the gym area there was something called the whiteboard. And there were all kinds of sayings and stuff around the wall written from, you know, I saw one from Mia Hamm, there's a Chinese proverb, but then you have the whiteboard. Explain to people what the whiteboard is.
2: The whiteboard is, we don't know what the whiteboard is. The whiteboard is a melting pot of of daily thought. Um, The whiteboard could be used to put up uh, workouts for the coaches' staff. The whiteboard could be used for uh, modifying uh, an athlete's program that day. Uh, But today the whiteboard was used for some inspirational thought process. I think uh, today the whiteboard's content was, the word was a made-up word, de-inspiration. And uh, de-inspiration is the exact opposite of inspiration. So what I wanted to learn today was what athletes thought their one concept of what what would de-inspire them. And so yeah. that was kind of a list of the whiteboards today. So
3: was that more for you today then or for them as well?
2: Well, I think it's, it's interesting. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I try to be a constant learner of, of science, a constant learner of the athletes that I work with. And I think when you learn things about what turns on athletes, what turns off athletes, uh, and I think for teammates as well as, as athletes are running around and learning what their teammates think turns them on and turns them off, I think is pretty powerful. Gotcha. So I think overall for me, for athletes, for the environment – I think it's just, it's always good to uh, fill your mind with good things. And I think when you learn what people realize being something that might de-inspire them, uh, I think that we can actually inspire people for sure. Now for,
3: let's say, younger kids that don't have access to your programs, or your strength and conditioning techniques, like what are like philosophies and stuff that you try to tell kids at a younger age that don't
2: have access to this kind of stuff? Like what kind of things do you tell them to focus on? No, the biggest thing, uh, is quality over quantity. You know, I think when we look at a strength and conditioning plan, uh, immediately the word strength is, re- is somehow quickly associated with load and heavy and resistance. And I think in, 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 our world is, uh, resistance is, uh, resistance training. I think it's about tension and we, we need to put tension on the body, uh, in order to strengthen it but i think the other thing is is that if the movement quality is not sound or it's not stable then applying tension could actually cause maybe more harm than good and so i think the biggest thing is is for, for younger athletes to find people that are out there that are either that had a have experience that are certified with not just certified but certified through accrediting bodies there's a variety of different organizations out there that have a stricter level of thought process or knowledge base but just trying not to wing it I think is important as well and, and I think the other thing is is that uh, the big, well, some of the things that people aren't aware of is you know I'm, I'm a big advocate of you don't know what you don't know uh, and so I think understanding that strength training isn't just strength training Yeah. you know I think we you know I think we associate that, hey, it's always three by ten or three sets of ten, or hey, if I'm in the weight room, I'm going to gain weight. And I think when we look at strength and conditioning or looking at training plans, we can have a we can do a lot of things with weights. Um I could use weight training as a way of warming up an athlete for practice. and And when I do that, the, the, the exercises that are used, the numbers of sets and reps that are used, the types of resistances that are used will be very strict, very purposeful for that purpose. Well, Tim, thank
3: you very much for having me. The players have all had nothing but great things to say about you, so I wanted to come down here and talk to you and let, uh, let our li- listeners know who's keeping our beach athletes in great shape.
2: Well, I'm so friend, I it's, been real, Thanks. it's been a real pleasure.
4: you very much. So, J. all the athletes have had good things to say about Tim yep. and his work. Have they had any good things to say about your sleeveless?
3: Yes, everybody was impressed with my sleeveless. Well, first of all... The what? athletes or just Tim because he had to be interviewed and he had well, to say something? Well, I was holding a gun to his head when I asked him. <laughs> so when I went down there, I got... Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. He's one of John's assistants, the German guy. Anton Villard. Yes. Come on, we've had him on the show. Yeah, so Anton Marilla. and I went to the uh, storage room and they were giving me some free gear. Hmm. Um, Should have told you to pick up a few pairs of socks for me. Because of my size? Uh one of there was Alfie refs was really unhappy you were taking his gear <laughs> this pro I got one shirt and some socks <laughs> <laughs> I asked where the women stuff was cuz maybe that would fit me better <laughs> um so one of the shirts I got it was the it was uh, cut off one of their practice shirt jer- uh warm up jerseys so I so I wasn't sweating through my normal shirt that I wore there I put that on and just happened the guns were out uh
4: you need to come up with a title for your Greco Roman wrestling podcast it was awesome I'm not sure mm-hmm. maybe the upper body the nice. upper half I like some of the things you said. Volume of training is a is an issue. The specialization and the aches associated with indoor because you are doing the same thing over and over yep. again. Uh, really interesting that I hadn't ever thought about, but if you caught in there, about the importance of sprints for beach. Oh, yeah. Because those guys, yeah, as he said, you only have two players, you're going to sprint. Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought about it that way, but yep. to hear him think about it that way is cool. Uh, focus on periods of time. Yeah, that's that's critical, and I've watched that one get messed up mm-hmm. time and again by coaches. Oh, we're going to go super hard during this whole time with no recovery ever. Yeah. You get to the tournament, you're exhausted. Yeah. So, uh, I like to hear that uh, athlete is an athlete when it comes to men and women. I- I'd agree.
3: You said that you know there are small differences, well, body types, but there's like your body type and my body type are different, so he would probably do certain things definitely just for you and I, and we're both guys. Right. But then also, mentally, you look at an elite
4: athlete, they're all
3: very similar. For sure. Very similar.
4: There's going to be stuff that he's going to specialize for each one, but the question of male versus female, that's not not the major issue. The major issue is the smaller differences between personalities. Correct. Like that whiteboard, the inspiration. Yeah, I think he makes a good point in that if you bring that – whatever that thing is, yeah, bad thing, de-inspiration, something that's bothering whatever. If you bring that to the front and kind of deal with
3: it or acknowledge it, mm-hmm. it takes away some of its power. Well, and some of it too. like some of the players are writing up there like a bad teammate or a negative teammate. Um Damn, I'd be get cut right. Yeah. On. You know, certain things like cuz maybe you don't you may not think outside of your bubble sometimes and you say, I did oh, never oh. for a while." Yeah. Like, "Oh, maybe if I act this way, it doesn't bother me any, but it bothers another teammate maybe i need to think about that so it doesn't affect their performance right yep right no and, and that's stuff i could have i could have learned from it was interesting um watching him warm up both the women's indoor team and then the beach players that i participated in like there was like a group warm up exercise they were all doing it together and it was maybe 10 15 20 minutes i don't remember how long it was and then they would all go to their individual lifting whatever is they were doing, like, and him and his, um, oh, I can't remember his name. I'm going to feel real bad right now. Tim's assistant guy that was helping him, like, would walk around, like, if somebody needed assist with something or they weren't, like, he was helping them do it, uh, like, a proper technique and things like that. Or, but it was all about, um, Tim had a smile on his face basically the whole time. Like yeah. You know, like, some guys, you imagine, like, they're, in there, they're yelling at you. They're, like, push harder. Like, that's not Tim's. Motivative way at all whatsoever. It's all positive. It's all great reinforcement. Um, I really enjoy being in the gym, watching him do his thing. Fans of the show feel that you're uh, you're up on me as far as good questions and interviews. Good for you. I don't know
4: what it was. I hated hearing my voice, by the way. That's always a tough one. Good job. Thanks. Thanks for doing that. That was cool. Hey, we mentioned the odds on FIVB World Championships. They are out. United States, 7-1 to one to win. So if I put a hundo down, what will I win? 700. Sweet. Russia, eight to five. So if I put a hundred down I can't do the math. <laughs> Brazil, two to one. You'll get two hundred, Jeremy. Sweet. Uh Canada, they've already won. Sixty nine to one. <laughs> nice. Good job, Cam Kerr. Okay. So you put down a hundred, you get sixty nine hundred back. Perfect. But Canada has to win it. Okay. You get down to like Australia, Korea, some of those those are three or four, five hundred to one to win, so I'll put down a dollar maybe. Or a toonie, a loony or a toonie from <laughs> Cam. Throw those down. I believe we should have our uh, our guest? Oh, no. We'll, we'll work on that. Not yet. We'll work on that. Women's Grand Prix. It's over. <laughs> That's your report. Finn. The United States ended up finishing fifth. Last day, by virtue of their victory, they leapfrogged from eighth to fifth, but they needed to go to fourth if they wanted to make it into the final round. Hmm. Did not make the final round. So for the second year in a row and following three straight years of winning the tournament, United States women did not make the final round of Grand Prix. Does that say anything to you? We talked about it a few weeks ago, and I'm not in the mood to panic in the second year. Third year, I'd be a little more inclined to be critical of the results. Yeah. And not only whatever the final score is, because, again, it's not about your final finish or your final score necessarily, it's about how did you play. You can very easily lose and have played well, contrary to the intro to the show. Correct, but you can you, you can win, have so you must not have done a good job. You can have a good tournament and not win the thing. We can feel like as fans or as an analyst like, oh, we failed because we didn't win. Yeah, but we can feel like, hey, there was a lot of progress made in that tournament. I'm feeling good about next year. Yeah, this one, I, I did not see enough of it. I read the recaps and stuff of what happened. What I see is a lot of different players still. And it doesn't surprise me in the least with the amount of talent that, that's in that gym. Yep. The hard part is going to be editing. Karch is going to have to edit here. And it's, he's down to it now. They're going to go through World Champs. They're going to, have a, they're going to edit to a team there. But even there, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of different lineups. Again, because of the construction of the tournament like we stated with the men. But then also because I think they're still looking with that women's team. And we'll get, uh, I was reaching out this morning to Karch, we'll get Karch or Tom Black, somebody in here to talk about it. Jamie, one of those guys, we'll get him in here to get some more information on what their gym is doing. But my impression from what I'm seeing is they're still looking and doesn't surprise me in the least yeah. that they're still looking. Yeah. But they're going to have to edit
3: next year and over the winter. Yeah. And, maybe, really that's the, gonna have to edit. and maybe that was the plan. We're going to yeah. do a couple years of this. And then after that, we'll narrow it down and go from there. So I, I place no, no importance or no
4: confidence in that the result of this tournament speaks to what will happen
3: in Rio. Yeah, like we should panic. Like, oh my gosh, we're going to be you know, awful. Yeah. None of that.
4: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it speaks to that. So settle down. Let's watch World Champs. Let's see who goes. Enjoy. Let's see who plays. Yeah, And I think that that'll be a little bit more indicative of what's going to happen. And then next season, we will follow next season quite closely with that of course. gym. I think that gym is different than the men's gym right now. There's, in the men's gym, there isn't enough talent in some of those spots. The women's gym, I think they have too much all the way around. And that's a good problem to have. Yeah. Let's get to Brandon Rosenthal. You haven't heard this music in a while. Not since about early May. This is when we're in association with an association. And we bring you the ABCA College of Volleyball Weekly. A recap, or in this case only, a look forward huh. to what will be in the world of college volleyball. Last year, it was Brandon Rosenthal and Deb Static. Deb Static is at this point, perhaps, in a Badger region concentration camp. We're not sure. She's MIA. What's happened? Yeah, she's been taking POW in the Northlands of Wisconsin. So we have Brandon Rosenthal. She's AWOL. AWOL. Absent without leave. She is absent without leave. So we still have Brandon Rosenthal, head coach at Lipscomb University, where maybe he's been listening to the soundtrack of Harry Potter all morning while his team practices. I'm not sure. But he will give us his insights onto the world of college volleyball. Brandon.
1: Boys. How are you? How has it been with Harry Potter? Yeah, you know, it's funny that came from my athletic director. I had no idea what was he talking about. Uh, that was Doctor Evil himself, Billy Evil, uh, running the ones and twos, and I, I said, "Billy, uh, I just saw a tweet about Harry Potter," and he said, "Oh yeah, we had it rocking out here. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> a high, I don't. I don't know anything about Harry Potter." Uh, I've never read it, never but, seen it. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just telling you. And uh, so I imagine some kind of, you know, I don't know, some eerie kind of, you know. Yes, it's eerie. Okay. I didn't hear it Jake myself. And Jack,
4: you have two kids. You haven't had Harry Potter in the house at all.
1: No, we we've, we we kind of just missed it. You know, you don't like we were
4: witchcraft here.
1: You're against witchcraft. <laughs> no. You'd have been no, involved in the
4: Salem you. Witch Trials. Good for you. Good for you.
1: <laughs> now, you know, they're probably just a little too young, or were, and, and now it's kind of over, you know? You know what's funny
4: is to see, actually the age that a lot of the women are on the women's national team now, they were very into Harry Potter because they were 13 or 11 or yeah. whatever when, when Harry Potter had made the, made the leap there. And so maybe Carter should play it.
0: <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe Doctor Evil Billy Evil should become the national team DJ. His name would be DJ Dalla Bills. Right there. Nice. DJ Bills. D O L L A. Oh yeah, of Bills. course, of course. Bills because his name is Billy Evil, but we call him Doctor. Evil, because that's what you thought his name was forever.
4: This is really what we had in mind with the College Volleyball Weekly. This is—I like the direction this is headed for the entire year. Brandon Rose, I've been on a sabbatical
1: for like you know eight months. You know, I'm bringing you my A game right out of the gate. I love it. (laughs) All right, Brandon Rose, let's talk volleyball. Come on,
4: on another season here with College Volleyball Weekly and another season with the women. And it's always interesting to me with the women. You guys don't get practice time. People go away, they sit on the beach, they sip Mai Tais, not supposed to because they're underage maybe, Mm -hmm. but on the beach in in Hawaii, and then they show up, they do a little work for like two or three weeks, and you play a whole season. The men's game needs it because I was sick of preseason having to run the mile and the sand (laughs) hill and everything else. But it's not particularly good for play, and it seems to create sort of an unpredictable situation early on in the year.
1: Yeah, there's uh, 330 head coaches right now saying in their mind i think we're good but i don't know you know we could be good but i don't know you know here's the toughest part this going you know my 12th year as a head coach um you really got to trust the process your your process you know you've got to trust that you know all the work that you did in planning your preseason and you know the things that you know your goals that you set in your preseason are going to hold up and and i think you know seriously even when it comes to scouting your first opponent it's really tough because you know you could play a team that has six or seven new starters and all of a sudden you're like uh, okay well scouting report it's what i always say it's the last night that i don't have to watch video so thursday night is the last night for four months where i don't watch video
4: do you find that you're as a head coach rusty at all? When you come back and you have to run a practice or you have to scout video or you have to prepare a scouting report, do you find that maybe you're fighting yourself a little bit and getting yourself back into rhythm?
1: No. What I fight is doing things because I've always done it that way. Uh, um, okay. Repet- you fight the so, Yeah, for eight months, you know, you think about new things and think about new ways to do things, and then all of a sudden, as you get into planning practice or, you know, even looking at the practice plan itself and and the way it's drawn up or even how it looks on a piece of paper, it's really easy just to copy-paste and, you know, go ahead. Uh, So I fight that. I fight that a lot, and it's uh, something that I think that, over time, I've become a lot better at and reading and you know stealing things from other sports. Um, you know, I think you can gain a lot by really trying to break some of the things that you do just because that's the way you've always done it.
4: What did you steal for this year? Is there anything that you can think of in particular you stole from another place or saw in the winter, made a note, and said this is something I definitely want to do?
1: I have been uh, watching Charlie Strong the head coach of uh Texas football. Uh so you don't quite have closely. any
4: longhorns on your jerseys?
1: No, we don't have any longhorns on our jerseys, but uh Charlie Strong is a is a guy that I got to meet just because his daughters play volleyball and well, we were always at the same tournament and uh he, uh he was nice enough to talk to me just about football and uh over the years created a little bit of a friendship with him and I saw him recently uh you know, after he got the job and talked with him uh, for about 20-30 minutes, which was awesome. And then, uh, since then, there's been a lot of articles in Sports Illustrated, ESPN, you know, and and the list goes on and on because of where he's at now. And and just reading his the, his approach is is awesome. You know, here he is uh, trying to rebuild something that was, you know one of the best and uh they're far from it now and he understands that and the way he's going about it is awesome because you know he realizes that it's not about an individual it's about you know the team and and things like that so i've been reading a lot of his things lately all
4: right let's get around to some volleyball for this upcoming season i think we know some of the power players but is, is there a team out there that Maybe it's going to surprise people with a little bit of resurgence this year. Maybe they've been good at times. You expected them to be good. They've been a little down, but you think they're going to come
1: right back this year and contend? Well, I'll say this. I'm very interested to see what UCLA does. Uh, That's one of those programs where, (laughs) again, I think when you went to the Final Four, uh, Mike Seeley was on a panel of coaches, was very, very candid about, uh, you know, the success and then lack of success that they had this past year and the struggles that not only he was going through as just as far as trying to figure it all out, but his team and things like that. So that's that's one of the teams that I'm really looking forward to seeing, okay, what's going to happen with them? You know, And we saw a little bit of that with Illinois uh, a couple years back. Uh, a couple teams that might not have heard of or, or maybe finished fairly strong, is Creighton, and uh, ironically, that is our first match of the year, a 9 a.m., 9:30 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time on Friday. So we, we're probably one of the very first matches of the year, returning uh, all of their starters, and uh, you know they're, I think, ranked 19th or something like that in the AVCA poll. So uh, that's a team, and then a, a team just outside of the top 25 uh, that everybody will need to keep an eye on is Xavier. Uh, Xavier is a, a team that I think uh, Mike Johnson is doing a fantastic job that's going to, you know, surprise a lot of people. Uh, they've got some great freshmen coming in. Um, you know, I think as far as the big powers, you got to wonder what, what does Penn State do? Are they going to be able to reload and, you know, do it all again? Um, I've said it for years that Penn State and the New England Patriots are kind of synonymous with me. Uh, you know, if I was a betting man, which I'm not because that would be illegal, NCAA don't bet on it. But if I was, I'm not betting against Penn State uh, until they prove otherwise. And same thing for the Patriots. Uh, for but that info is free. And I want,
4: to see, I want to see Russ Rose on the sideline in a hoodie this year. That's what I want to see with it. Maybe the sleeves cut off and another shirt underneath when it's cold out. And a lot of people. Agree you know, you.
1: Russ and Belichick probably would be a great dinner duo right there. Oh God, that would Russ, be awesome.
4: Russ might be funnier. I don't think Belichick would be pretty funny. Russ, on the outside, you think he's all gruff and maybe a little grouchy. You get to know him; he's pretty funny. Rye, he's he's a good a good dinner conversation. He's a good How about dude. How and Gino Oriyama? Gino? Gino Oriyama and yeah, Russ like Rose. That would be I'd like Gino to keep him round up. Because <laughs> he's like me. Like you, you could poke him with a couple of topics, and I'm sure he'd just go crazy for like a half an hour. It would be hilarious. Uh, Penn State gets 32 first-place votes. Texas gets 11. Stanford gets 7. Washington, USC, Wisconsin. Uh, SC and Wisconsin received some first-place votes. Washington did not, despite being ranked fourth. Nebraska, Purdue, BYU, Florida are your top ten. Illinois, Minnesota, Florida State, just outside there with San Diego and Missouri. So, Illinois and Minnesota, a couple of Big Ten teams, although I'd like to call it something else because there aren't ten teams. uh, 11th and 12th in there. Yeah, what about
1: Wisconsin?
4: Yeah, Wisconsin, eight first-place votes. I wonder, how many returning starters
1: are we looking at for Wisconsin? You know here's something that uh we kind of looked at this year, and Rich Kern does a great job uh he puts together a kind of numbers type of deal an Excel spreadsheet where it's got every category every statistical category, and what that team lost uh, due to graduating seniors and it's it's pretty need to see when you take a look at a team like that. You know, if you remember, Wisconsin had. Yeah, Wisconsin had a lot of young players. The most important young player being Carlini, and uh, you know, you look at what Kelly Sheffield and his staff has done. You know, in the recruiting world, it's the, the guy can coach, the guy can recruit, and Wisconsin's not going away. Uh, they're going to be in the top 10 top 15 for a long time everybody should get used to it and uh it it should be interesting to see again with wisconsin back in the mix of the aforementioned big 10 uh the big 10 continues to get stronger and stronger and and it should be a real interesting purdue should be we got to see purdue uh in the spring uh they're going to be a pretty physical team as they typically are and uh I think the Big Ten is, is one of those conferences that's going to be a tough one. ACC, let's talk about them. They add uh, University of Louisville, your girl Anne, Tasmanian yeah. Devil, Cordes. And, uh, you know, that's great for the ACC. It's great for Louisville. Uh, you know, that's going to be fun to watch them, you know, uh, play a, in already you know strong conference with Florida State, Duke, Miami, um, and and you can go on the, that list. Uh, I mean, you know, North Carolina. So, adding them to the mix could possibly move them up into uh, SEC type of you know conference. And and there's arguments year after year who's better, SEC or ACC. I think it's been the SEC. Uh, but I think the ACC could really make a move uh, these next couple of years, so uh, I'll be interested to see them and, and moving into that. You know, you, you've got the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the Pac-12. Who is that fourth conference? Uh, I, I think the ACC makes a move uh, to be that fourth conference this year.
4: Looking back to last year's tournament, of course, this year's tournament is going to be in Oklahoma City. It is the 18th to the 20th. And that's a little bit late. That's a much later tournament date. About a week later I feel like last than last year, year.
3: I feel like last year was fairly late too, wasn't it? Last year, quarter no, were la- yeah. 14th.
4: And no, the last year was the same four, time. I guess it was the 21st. Yeah, you're right. It was. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You're welcome, guys. Wow.
1: That, hey, that's why. Uh, don't,
3: you don't you remember the great color man? In? We, yeah,
1: exactly. We, we did have a great dinner. That was the <laughs> last time we saw Deb Static or heard from Deb Static.
4: <laughs>
1: Maybe she's <laughs> still, still there. Still They're hoping to find her before the snow sets in in northern Wisconsin. Uh, She moved over to those high-back chairs at the bar. You remember those (laughs) high-back chairs?
3: (laughs) Those chairs were fantastic.
4: So, Brandon, I'm looking at the preseason standings here, and you have Stanford number three, seven first-place votes. Stanford last year loses 3-2 to eventual champion Penn State, and that was in the quarterfinal round, if I'm reading it correctly. And Stanford is a team that a lot of people have talked about. They had that big freshman class, Inky Adjanaku and Jordan Burgess and others that are all Matty Bug in that whole class. Is is it getting to be nervous time for Stanford? Do they need to win it
1: this year? You know, you? I think, yeah, they're juniors now, and uh, I think that this is really I don't I don't think they're nervous, but I think this is going to be a year that uh, they look at and say, hey, we've got to make a move. And, uh, you know, it's hard to say that. I mean, they lost to the eventual champion, like you said, 3-2. Um, you know, I was surprised by – I thought they would have – I thought that they would have put up more, uh, but I think Stanford's going to be there at the end. Uh, I think that those players are – Just that good. I think Burgess is, you know, continues to get better, and um, I think the Pac-12 is just going to be, you know, it's going to be rough, you know, at the top. Always is. Yeah, you have got them. You got USC. You know, and it's one of those things. Most of those teams know they're going to get into the tournament, so it really becomes about draw. And you know, we've talked about this before about where they get placed and who they get placed against. I thought that the tournament uh, field last year I was very impressed with by the selection company or committee, and uh, I think that uh, you know the NCAA continues to get better at that. So I like it, but I, I do think Stanford's going to be there at the end.
4: So I'm thinking about the Pac-12, and I wonder who from kind of lower parts steps up this year. Is this year Jen Greeny in Washington State? Make some real noise. They had a good freshman last year. They seem like they've been adding parts. They could be dangerous. Uh, some questions for Stanford. Who replaces Carly Wopat in the leadership aspect of things? Uh, she was, really seemed to be the, the steady. I don't know, the wind there. You know, if you have a ship going I need across. I your wings? Yeah, not have my wings. The, uh, the, the, Easy you're, bet. You're sailing a ship. You're sailing a ship. She was the constant power. Gotcha. You know, it seemed. Agland yeah. um, and Olgar. Arizona. VSC. You know, that's a question for me. Are outside hitters enough?
1: Yeah, Arizona.
4: What about Arizona?
1: Arizona's the team. Arizona, everybody needs to watch Arizona. Uh, this, it's a team I think, uh, Dave has done a great job. Uh, you know, Greg Whitus is, is arguably, and, and people can talk whatever they want to say. He's arguably one of the best recruiters in the country. Uh, hands down, he knows what's going on, and I think him and Dave have got a great partnership going, and I think that they've quietly, over the past couple of years, continued to get better and better and better. Obviously, they're in a tough conference, but, uh, that's a team that, uh, I think is going to be, make some noise the other one is is in-state rival arizona state i think again linda hampton right. keith and what she's done out on the road and and uh jason watson and, and the rest of their staff uh that should be a lot of fun you know add them to the mix the big question mark like we said before is ucla where what happens to them colorado they finish strong i'm not sure uh that's the same cal Cal's going to be in the mix. Oregon. Oregon's got, uh, you know, some new players, uh, but some very strong old players. And, uh, you know, I think that my guess would be SC, Arizona, Oregon, Cal.
4: Wow, you're calling Arizona for second. I mean, Kingdon, no doubt, is very good. Maddie Kingdon,
1: outside Excuse me, Stanford. Stanford, SC, Arizona, Cal. Okay. Even third. Anina
4: Snooker, yeah. their freshman sensation from last year, will be a sophomore this year at Arizona. Is this the year that maybe Ashley Harris starts full-time? She is six eight, and all of it. Saw her really affect the game when she came in as a blocking sub. ASU, yeah, I agree with it. Continue to be interesting with ASU. They made the tournament, I believe, was it the second time last year? Or was it the first time yeah. in a long time? It might have been the first time in a while. Uh, wow,
1: well, and they made some noise, too, so I, I think that the team, again, throughout the year, if you remember correctly, they had some upsets. Uh, and they made some noise all year long, so I'll be interested to see uh, with them. They still had to get
4: in right at the very end. Will they have a bit more of a steady position come the end of the season? UCLA, that rebound, as Brandon mentioned earlier, huge questions there. First time they would missed the tournament in 20-some-odd years, some crazy number. Uh, the Pac twelve is gonna be something to keep your eye on, no doubt, the big ten of Power Player. Uh how about some, some interesting coaches, Brandon, or interesting changes throughout the year? Can you think of anything that on the coaching side of thing or program wise that you think will be an interesting story and maybe maybe not as big of an effect this year, but perhaps coming?
1: You know, I think uh Steve Aird at Maryland. Uh I think he's you know, got some things <clears throat> you know, He's never been a head coach. I think this is going to be, you know, fun for him. Uh, I think Dennis at Virginia continues to uh, get better. He's been gone for from Penn State for a couple years now. But, uh, again, out of that Penn State system, it's hard to, you know, think that those guys didn't learn anything. And, and you see that already with Virginia and, and again, another ACC team. Um, you know, there's, there's some assistants that have moved up in the ranks. Uh, a guy named Matt Botsford, who's going to be at Florida Gulf Coast University in our uh, conference, was at Colorado State, interested to see what he does. Another person that moved from our conference um, <clears throat> that was at South Carolina, then Jacksonville, is now the head coach at Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech is kind of in a place where it's a, a rebuilding time. Uh, Shelley. I think we'll do a fantastic job there. So, you know, this is the time of year where you've got a lot of new people uh, that are in new places, and uh, it should be fun to see what happens. You know, it, it, sometimes it's one of those things. You know, I would imagine everybody looks at Wisconsin to see what Kelly Sheffield did, you know, in his first year, and and I think that that's obviously a lot harder to do than most people, you know, think it is. But uh, you know, who will be that team that makes that kind of big jump right out of the gate and um, it'll be fun to watch early on. I think the parity over the past couple of years has definitely been at its best and I think it's only going to get more, yeah uh, just teams are becoming more and more comparable and you don't have as big of a disparity between, you know, let's say outside the top ten. Uh, maybe, yeah, top ten. I think 15 to 30, uh, our teams get really similar, and then 30 to 50 as well. So uh, it should be a lot of fun to see what happens here this first week. I know a lot of scoreboard checking and, uh, you know, really sizing up to see where people are. And, and uh, you know, it seems like this year was also the year where, you know, some big-name teams and teams around the country had some big, Seniors. Uh, I think of Kentucky with Whitney Billings, who's done everything uh, at Kentucky for the past couple of years. You know, she's moving on. Creclo and uh, the right side of Missouri. I'm drawing a blank here. You know, they move on. Uh, what will they be like? So it's uh, you know, obviously graduation and is a natural thing, but it just seems like last year there were a lot of big name seniors, you know, out there. So I'm interested to see kind of what happens with some of those teams.
4: Speaking of coaches on the move, don't leave out Salima Davidson Rockwell or Salima Rockwell, for those that don't know. Uh, Salima moving from Texas back to Penn State and maybe head coach in waiting for the impending demise of Russ
1: Rose and the Evil Empire. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting, you know, because not only did uh, Salima come back, but Stevie uh, Stevie Musi from uh, Virginia moved on there. So uh, a whole new staff there, uh, kind of. Obviously, Salima had been there before. But, uh, you know, again, I'll say this until the blue sweater retires. Do not bet against them. I love the blue sweater, by the way. <laughs> do not
4: bet against the blue sweater. Sage,
1: give me some, uh, give me some
4: wish, matchups.
1: You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't have anything right out of the gate. I, I've been. I don't have any matches that I haven't been checking schedule, so I apologize for that. Been working on your own schedule. <laughs> yeah. Well working I mean we, we have been against. getting ready. Yeah, yeah. We have been getting ready. How about this one? I'm interested in the Creighton Lipscomb match and then later that day uh-huh. uh Lipscomb, Kansas. How about that? Twenty three and twenty two in the same day. Well
4: wow. now's a chance to make your make your way yeah. there,
1: buddy. Churn hey, the butter. We are the crazy ones, all right, and we're mm-hmm. proud of it. I say, if you play Harry Potter, you might
4: confuse bamboozle. Someone yells "Patronus" during the middle of the show. That might be that might be good, right in the middle of the game. I have no idea you have what you're talking about. Someone "Patronus." Patronus. Patronus? Patronus. Not patron. No, Patronus, not Patronus. If, you, right, if you see a shadowy unicorn run across the court, you know someone has yelled it. Are Watch we like
1: back to our college days, and st- are we talking about Magic: The Gathering, tap tap, no. and things like no. that? No. No, but we could be, but it's straight
4: up. I am back to my college days the here because... The one
3: listener you're talking with to right Diablo. now. I'm really excited about
4: your reference. You know, Diablo pretty much ruined a couple of weeks of my collegiate life, both academically and in volleyball. I couldn't do anything but play Diablo. Now it's back. It's back for the PS4, and I play it with my kids. It's, as I put on my Facebook, minus 20 or plus 20 to drain my life. You're welcome. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not quite back to that. you got to watch the Harry Potter films, man. you got to check them oh. out. Get Jake and Jack together. And, and watch you some Harry Potter, you know, get some, some frogs. and.
1: All right, so next Monday I'll give you a movie review
4: on Harry Potter. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good, Harry Potter 1. Brandon Rosenthal, thank you for first episode
1: of Call of Duty. Thanks for having
4: me back. All thanks, right, Brian. we'll try and get you a partner, a running mate, someone to
1: hang out with. Yeah, that that's what I- that just pissed off that I beat her at the end, and you know she beat me all season. And then I won in the end, and you know. I I don't think you need to start until st- you finish.
4: I don't. You couldn't even have made playoffs with your record. You were sub five
1: hundred. It's like that soccer t- commercial with uh, Jason Sudeikis. He's like, you guys don't even have playoffs. Everybody's in. <laughs> even better. Yeah. All right. Why do I even do this? Talk to you guys later. All right, see you, Brandon. See you,
4: Brandon. Hey, uh, David Portney from ABCA checking in. Thanks, David. He says, big match this weekend is Stanford, Nebraska, in Lincoln as Ooh, nice. part of the ABCA Showcase Sunday at noon central. I like that. So, yeah, check that one out. That is a good one. I want to know where Stanford stands. You'll find out quickly as they face Nebraska. Jeremy, we're about done
3: here. Solid show, Kevin. We, Should we take another two weeks off so we can have another solid show?
4: <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. There was a question.
3: Listener chimed in. Yeah. Who was it that sent us this question?
4: Which one are we talking about? Jen Kessie.
3: It's oh, yeah, yeah. Of course you remember that one.
4: Uh, of course I remember the Jane Kessie
3: question. Come on. Um, let me get the wording of it here real quick for you. The question was, if she comes logic. back, who would in, be her partner? In 2015, in, which is the rumor. Right. Oh, Scott Perkins, duh. Yeah, thanks, Scott, Perkins. Um, who would be her partner? Because the question is, Then, is she, if she if when she comes back... She, she'll come back. Okay. Does we she, always do, athletes. We always do. I know. Does she want to play internationally as well or just
4: domestically? I, who cares? I the name jumped into into my name into my brain here. Yeah, Nicole Brana. Okay, quality partner who still is I don't know in the wilderness. Took a, took a fifth in Manhattan with a brand new partner. Okay, what if you add Jen Kessie in the mix with Nicole? Is that a podium contending team? I'm trying to remember what oh, It doesn't blank. matter what side. It does, Kevin. What's with the it,
3: side? I'm telling you, it does on the beach. I, I, does I, it does.
4: It, it, don't get mad at me. People try and make the same argument indoors. Oh, he's, he's an opposite. Oh, he can't play. Oh, no, you can do both. If you're good, you can do both. I agree. Some people don't. Gary
3: can do both. Phil can do both. Phil moved back to the uh, right side. Well, or the
4: left side. We played the other, But we talked about they had a good year last year on the yep. other side. Now they're having a good year this year, too. Okay. Um, you should be able to hit on both sides if you're a volleyball athlete. I don't want to hear that this partnership won't work because, oh, I play right side only. Well, then you're an idiot. If you have a good partnership, that's going to outweigh your plus or minus on the one side for a little bit while you
3: learn I can't wait to, to hit that. wrist away. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jenny Crop has to be thrown around out there. Yeah. Huh? Oh, I like that. If she comes back, which okay. I assume she is. There was a Jenny Crop sighting in Manhattan Beach. Ooh. I believe they have moved back to Southern California. Okay. From... They went to Nebraska to have mm. the babies. Mm. Twins. Mm. Well, you all want
4: to be residents, you know. You immigrate to Nebraska. Yeah, so they yeah they get have the their get passport
3: the... and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I I I do. I think the big question is that if she plays internationally or not will determine her options. Okay. Um, if you can't play your offside, you must not be a good player. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Is exactly what Kevin was saying, Matt. <laughs> Um, You know, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of, I think on the women's side, there'll be a little bit of a shakeup. There was just recently some shakeup because Jennifer Fatma, who broke a finger, Mm -hmm. she posted the x-ray, which I did not need to see, Mm -hmm. um, is done for the rest of the season. So Whitney Pavlik is now with a new partner, which then was kind of a little bit of a domino effect. Lane, Carrico, and Brittany Hoechaber are no longer partners. That's been for a few weeks, though. Well, like since... Uh, Salt Lake City. Okay. Um, if you would have, if you read my uh, recaps at volleyballmag. dot com of said Salt Lake City event and said Manhattan Beach Open, you would get some knowledge on that because Lane and Brittany played each other in Salt Lake City with the loser of said match being done for the tournament. So there was even more drama dirt, which was awesome. Well, that was the first tournament, but I remember hearing long ago that that partnership was well. It, over. They had they played in Long Beach, but they. It was known at that point that they were done.
4: Nobody wanted to, but they didn't.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Proper Brana. Okay. I think. What those... about a Pavlik? Too small. Need a blocker. No, I don't think they've, they. They, block they played. They played in a tournament uh, last year at the end of the year together. Um, again, it's do they want to? Whitney's been playing internationally. Does she still want to play internationally? I think that's the bigger question. Because then I can narrow down your partner
4: choices. All right. We didn't note for Women's Grand Prix that Brazil won Japan second. Worth noting. Good to know. Brazil wins again. I think they're 10th. Also, ESPN reporting, Brazil has had both World Championship trophies stolen, the men's and the women's. What? Yep. Gone. Stolen. TNT Express, who's a big sponsor there, uh, apparently
3: is the responsible party. So they're gone.
4: So World Champs, you might have to award them without a trophy.
3: Like, did they take it out to the club, and all of a sudden somebody, they, somebody left it in the VIP booth, and it was somebody's responsibility, and they forgot about it? There was a suggestion to make it a gelatin rabbit for the men,
4: because it's in Poland. Fill it with that, cabbage, that hand it out. Is dis- I mean,
3: seriously, why do we keep bringing that back up? That is disgusting.
4: It reminds me of, of Portland World League, USA versus France, and the organizing committee in Portland decided to make a cheddar cheese Statue of Liberty.
3: <laughs> awesome.
4: And tried to give it to the French team, presented it to the French team to have them take it home. Because nothing says America like a cheddar cheese Statue of Liberty. And the guy who was in charge of all this, he, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was... Fired? No, the mayor of Punxsutawney from Groundhog Day. Yes. It was Bill Murray's brother, basically. That makes it even better. (laughs) He told the story about how the United States had salvaged and saved... From Complete Destruction, the French wine industry. I'm not sure that went over well. (laughs) Uh, But it (laughs) it reminds me of that, the gelatin rabbit. But yeah, the championship trophies, gone. How does that happen?
1: Because there's a lot of petty theft in Brazil. Okay. Okay.
4: Uh, So anyways, hope they find them or... uh, Get new ones. Check the pawn shops.
3: There's no actual value (laughs) for those things. And also, Kevin, just as a reminder, read my recaps from uh, at volleyball mag. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. I mean, you're getting the DJ's perspective. I mean, how many people get that?
4: I get it here every week. And those who listen to the and show and get a lot it. of it. They get love it. A whole lot of it. <laughs> I'm going to staple close the, uh, the rundown for this week. It's over. Thanks to 6A Clothing Company for their support of the show, Volleyball Magazine, AVCA. Welcome back to College Volleyball Weekly. Get out 6AclothingCompany.com. Put in TNL 10. Get yourself 10% off clothing for the attractive. Athletic,
3: tall. I, I don't think the attractive part's in there. It's the not in there. You, no. threw, you threw that in there, Reed. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to be. You don't have to be hot to wear their clothes. If, you start if you're mod- hot, it's good. If you start modeling for them, and then that's that's your read now. The attract for the attractive athlete. <laughs> None of you uh, non-attractive athletes thereby. If you're but, ugly if
4: you're... <laughs> and over 6'3", you can still wear their clothes, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Get out company 6 com. Check them out. They're supporting this show as well as jumping into the volleyball community in a big way. So give them some business. Get out there and buy some stuff. If you're not that person, you know somebody who has the stats and needs that good fit on their clothes.
3: XLT. 2XT, extra T. they would be, be tall. They could be in Oklahoma City, so you can buy $400 more worth of clothes from them? Hey, if they got new styles, I'm in.
4: Nice. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm Kevin. He's Jeremy. The home court is closing. Next Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. We Tuesday
3: don't work, next week. Monday's a holiday. We, we don't do work on holidays. holidays. Yep.
4: We don't. I might be at the motocross track. Drink. Or I'll be on the beach. I heard this song, too, a lot lately.
3: You're welcome. I have no idea who does it, though. Obviously. I'm going to mute it. I'm going to mute it now.
5: I'd rather be